This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Friday, September 24th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, an investigation is underway after a newborn baby was found dead in a trash bag on Thursday afternoon in Delaware County. The discovery was made near the intersection of 69th Street and Patterson Avenue in Upper Darby Township. Authorities say two people on their way to the store found the baby. Police are still working to determine who may have dumped the child under Pennsylvania's state haven law. You may bring your newborn up to 28 days old to any Pennsylvania hospital or law enforcement as long as the baby is unharmed and not a victim of any crime. You will not be in trouble. The child has not been identified at this time. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Upper Darby Township Police. Federal officials say the boyfriend of Gabby Petito whose body was found in a national park in Wyoming after a cross-country trip with him has been indicted for unauthorized use of a debit card as searchers continue looking for him in Florida swampland. The federal grand jury indicted uh, indictment filed in U.S. District Court in Wyoming does not explain who the card belonged to, but it in, uh, indicates Brian Laundry made unauthorized withdrawals worth more than $1,000 during the period in which Petito went missing. FBI Special Agent in Charge Michael Schneider said an arrest warrant issued for Laundry will allow law enforcement to continue pursuing him while the investigation continues into Petito's homicide. Schneider urged anyone with knowledge of Laundry's role in Petito's death or of his whereabouts to contact the FBI. How Petito was killed has not been revealed pending a final result of the autopsy. Yesterday was the fifth day of searching at a massive wilderness park for laundry. Uh, the city of Moab, Utah, launched an investigation into the police handling of the Petito and laundry domestic incident that was caught on body cam uh, on August 12th. The Boppy Company is recalling about 3.3 million baby loungers linked to eight infant deaths, both the company mm, and the whoa. U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission said on Thursday. It's a popular brand, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, we had several Boppies. Like everybody has Boppies. Yeah. Uh, the infants reportedly suffocated uh, after being placed on their back, side, or stomach on the loungers uh, with the eight deaths occurring between December 2015 and June of 2020. The recall comes nearly a year after the CPSC issued a safety warning about similar pillow-like baby products. These types of incidents are heartbreaking, uh, said the acting CPSC chairman Robert Adler. Uh, he said in a, the recall notice, loungers and pillow-like products are not safe for infant sleep due to, due to the risk of suffocation. Since we know that infants sleep so much of the time, even in products not intended for sleep, and since suffocation can happen so quickly, these boppy lounger products are simply too risky to remain on the market. I'm wondering which one it is, because when when uh, my kids were babies, the boppy was kind of like this uh, crescent-shaped. That's what uh, it I'm is. I'm sorry, Nick, your mic's not yeah, on. The, yeah, that's the one that we had as well, yeah. Yeah, Th- but that's this one, what's being recalled. Is it? Because this yeah, it has like um, looks a little different. But. Well, it has like a little. They can kind of sit in it. So like the 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 round shape that you had. This kind of has um, uh, material in the center, so the yeah, baby like can a kind of webbing. Or yeah, almost. okay, right, exactly. Huh. Um, Bobby is devastated to hear of these tragedies. A Bobby spokesperson said in a statement, the lounger was not marketed as an infant sleep product and includes warnings against unsupervised use. The recall involves all Bobby newborn loungers, which were sold in three models. The Bobby original newborn lounger, the Bobby preferred newborn lounger, and the Pottery Barn Kids newborn Bobby lounger. Parents and caregivers should stop using the loungers immediately and contact the company for a refund. Sold from January 2004 through September 2021 for between 30 and 40 
$44. The recalled products were distributed nationwide and in Canada by retailers including Amazon, Pottery Barn Kids, Target, and Walmart. In sports this morning... The Phillies beat the Pittsburgh Pirates 12-6 last night at the ballpark. JT Real Muto hit a home run and drove in four. Ronald Torres hit a go-ahead three-run home run in the sixth inning, and the Phillies erased a six-run deficit to pick up ground in the National League East. D.D. Gregorius also homered for the Phillies, who have won three straight and seven of nine to get within two games of first place Atlanta with nine games left. It was the fourth fourth time this season and the third time this month the Phils have won after trailing by at least six runs. The series continues tonight. Kyle Gibson gets the start and first pitch is scheduled for 7.05. In Thursday night football, Sam Darnold threw for 304 yards and ran for two touchdowns to lead the Carolina Panthers to a 24-9 win over the Texans last night in Houston. The Panthers were able to improve to 3-0 on the season despite losing star running back Christian McCaffrey early in the second quarter. And NBC Sports Philadelphia is making history with its replacement for longtime Sixers announcer Mark Zumoff. The network hired Kate Scott to call games this season. The move makes Scott the first full-time female broadcaster of any major sport in Philadelphia television history and just the second woman to handle full-time play-by-play duties for an NBA team. Scott was the first woman to call an NFL game on the radio, the first to call college football for the Pac-12 networks, and last year she was the play-by-play voice for the first all-female NHL broadcast. Scott also called basketball games during the Tokyo Olympics this year, soccer matches for Fox, and was part of the first all-female broadcast of a Golden State Warriors game last season. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, how about you Friday morning? Welcome to it. The weekend just upon us, the MMRBQ right upon us. It is tomorrow, and we are excited about that fact. So excited that we're giving away a uh, four-pack of front-row tickets uh, for the Word of the Week prize today. Be at the end of the show, and then we are having a glorious day at the BB&T <laughs> Pavilion. Yeah, with all those bands and all the staff members, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing it. It's going to be a good time, and some tickets to remain on the lawn if you want to go should be dried off by then, I would think. So, it's going to be a great day slash evening, and we're looking forward to it. We also have a few things taking place on this program. Today, Money Clips, we're giving away $500 two times, 8 and 10 a.m., so obviously get yourself set for that. We'll give you the word and how to enter that. Uh, we also have a couple of guests joining us. Joe List is going to be at Helium Comedy Club uh, tonight and tomorrow. So we'll talk to Joe in the 9 o'clock hour. And also, this is really cool, our good friend and co-worker Andre Gardner from WMGK, our sister station, Yeah, yeah. on Sunday will be broadcasting his straight, his 1,000th straight breakfast with the Beatles show. Uh, that's pretty awesome. No repeats. Yeah. In a 1,000 shows. And Ringo Starr has given him a call. Wow. Oh, it's wow. amazing. Yeah. Wow. And so we're going to talk to Andre uh, later on today. Andre's just one of the best, man. He's one of the most positive guys I've ever met. Yeah. And the biggest Beatles fan I've ever met. Period. Unmatched knowledge. No question. It's so great listening to him. Uh, So we're going to have him uh, pop in and we'll we'll ask about uh, all those years of doing (laughs) Breakfast with the Beatles. And he's actually, he's talked to Ringo before, so he's uh, he's been around. Well, for the the, the, uh, thousandth broadcast, excuse me, it's it's apropos. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. So uh, I'm jealous. 
Yeah. That he's gonna, that yeah. He's gonna have Ringo you got your on. Ringo shirt on. I do. I wore it for just for the occasion. I saw uh, Andre at the show where I got this uh, this shirt. Believe it or not. So uh, we'll talk to Andre later on today and see what other trouble we can get into uh, as we wrap up our work week. We might even play a game because we got a mm. lot of things to give away in our pocket that we want to share with you. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a second, and we'll have a stupid question and some of the entertainment stories that we begin the day with. So stay put. We'll be back in a moment. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Can you believe football is back? This Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Interact Me, swoop in and win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2022 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Very proud of this stupid question, by the way. I came up with this one on my own. And we're going to give away a $150 Fogo Show gift card. And this is for people who are into piercing and body modding. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of Prince Albert before, right? Oh, yeah. I yeah, have. We know that. It's a penis piercing. <laughs> Where on the body is a guish piercing? Oh. Mm-hmm. 215263WMMR. Cassie, Kathy's the one with the piercing. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I know where that is. Where, where's <laughs> yours, Kathy? Geish piercing. Where will you find that? I'd never heard of this. Neither have I. Stumbled across it randomly. 215263WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. I'll go through some birthdays today, Friday, September 24th. Uh, actor Gordon Clapp, who was on NYPD yeah. Blue. Yeah. Uh, he is celebrating his 73rd birthday today. Uh, Nia Vardalos, uh, my big fat Greek wedding movies, um, and uh, the the father, and I've forgotten. Just Pastor Michael Constantine, I think. I think that might be. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He he uh, he passed away. He was such a star in that movie. He was he was one of the best parts of that movie. And, lest we forget, she wrote the screenplay. Yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah, and uh, had a tremendous success. The TV show didn't quite eh. take off. No. Second movie, mm, eh. not very good, but. I do like her an awful lot. Uh, so she turns 59 years old today. Uh, it's Mean Joe Green's birthday Oh, my God. Today. Yeah. Hey, hey kid. kid. <laughs> One of the greatest tele- uh, TV commercials ever. Ever. It's hey, just kid. Had- catch. <laughs> it had such an emotional impact. Those of you who are too young to remember, it was a Coca-Cola commercial. Right. Uh, mean Joe Green is coming off the field. He's limping. He's had a bad game. He can't finish. And a kid in the in the hallway hands him a Coke and of course he slams the yeah, entire yeah. bottle in like two seconds, and the kid just kind of wanders away. And as he's about to leave, the kid, Mean Joe Green goes, "Hey kid," and he throws him his jersey, yeah. and the kid grabs it, and it's like this wonderful moment. It was just one of the best commercials. It was. Ever I think made. it's listed always in the top five yeah. of most impactful. The original storyline had him. Taking the kid's wallet. Too. Oh my yeah, yeah. God! Well, you, you got know. money on you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving you this yeah. for free. Clearly, this is worth a lot. It's going to cost you. I'm what an NFL could... star. Yeah, you know what this is worth. 
Uh, mean Joe Green is uh, 75 today. Uh, actor Ben Platt, uh, we were just talking about him yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he is Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen. We're going to get to a little uh, bit of info because that opens this weekend yes, at the end does. of the Entertainment Report. But he was in the Pitch Perfect movies as well. Uh, I saw him on Broadway. He was the uh, the lead in... Book of Mormon? Uh, the Book of Mormon, correct. Yeah, so he is uh, celebrating his 28th birthday today. Casey, a buddy of yours, Ross the Intern. Oh, Hey. hey, Ross Matthews <laughs> is his name, and uh, Casey... Project Runway, and uh, uh, Drag Race, right? I think I don't so. Know. RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul. Uh, Casey was interviewed by him yeah. at uh, an Eagles game yeah. when they were uh, when they were brought when they were doing a segment from there. Yeah, for the Tonight Show, man. Yeah. I, I am uh, on the Tonight Show. We just had him on recently. Yes. He's, he's, he's a great guest. Yep, he is uh, forty one today. Um, a gentleman named Brad Bird. We had him on the show with Michael Giacchino around the time of the uh, Camp Out for Hunger. He was one of the right. He wrote the Incredibles. He wrote Ratatouille. Uh, he is also the voice of Edna Mode in The Incredibles. So cool. Who was hilarious. What a talented guy, man. Uh, and he is 64 today. And then the final birthday, a very good friend of ours who we just moved to yesterday, Robert Irvine's ah. birthday is today. And he turns 55 years old today. He's built like a, yeah. just a, just a an Adonis statue. But he's also... he's. I mean, the guy never stops going. Never All stops. the freaking time. I don't know how he keeps up that pace. He drinks a lot of his own booze. He must. Yeah. Uh, he is 55 today, and yes, he has the new Robert Irvine uh, Spirits line, which is made by local boardroom spirits. Yeah. So he will always have a connection right here. Philadelphia's a big town for him. All right, so where on the body will you find a geish piercing? 215-263-WMMR. Let's go to Corey and see if he knows. Hey, Corey, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Wonderful. All right, Corey, where on the body will you find a geish piercing? I don't know why anybody would do this, but between the genitals and the anus. He's correct. <laughs> on your taint? The taint. Really? Yeah, or the oh, yeah. Uh, perineum, I think is, <laughs> it's called as well, but a geish Jeez. piercing. I had no idea that had a name, but it does. And Corey gets to go to Fogo to show and spend $150 because we got a gift card for him. When you order at Fogo, you don't order an entree. You order a night of different things to taste and enjoy. Experiences, carved table side. You can go to Fogo uh, so you can discover what's next. Make a reservation uh, for Center City and King of Prussia at Fogo.com. By the way, they have their uh, servers are called gauchos there. I love yeah. that. Which kind of sounds like geish, but so yeah, maybe, maybe they, they have their, maybe their they do, maybe they do piercings. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, um, some entertainment stories to run by you. We'll start with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Uh, Amber is seeking uh, Los Angeles Department Police Department records related to the $50 million defamation case, defamation case uh, instigated by Johnny against her. This just keeps going on. Yeah. And it's sucking money out of both of them. The Let su- it go now. The subpoena obtained by deadline cast... <laughs> A suspicious light on the LAPD and four officers who dealt with a 2016 domestic disturbance incident uh, between the then-married co-stars in downtown L.A. Uh, She and her team are looking for body camera footage or lack thereof from the officers called to Depp and Heard's home at the Eastern Columbia Building on May 21, 2016, and specifically requested any information about 
deletions, modifications, or viewing of the body camera footage uploaded to evidence.com. So I don't know what that's okay. all about. So this is probably something that would obviously work in their favor. They wouldn't go hunting for something oh, yeah. that's going to benefit him. Yeah. But, uh, well, we keep talking about it. You know, they... they through this court action, they keep this revolving around in the news. And if they want to put it behind them, mm-hmm. it's never going to happen if they keep it this. I guess there's just so much money at stake. That it's got to be it. Yeah. Have you seen the new Deb commercial for his oh, uh, cologne? Thank you for, because yeah, I saw it yesterday. Oh I was going to bring God. in the Sauvage. Yeah, so the one what? where he's playing. I thought it yeah. said sausage when I first saw it. There's <laughs> a cologne called sausage. sausage. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm. Sausage <laughs> by by Johnny Depp. Yeah, like a sausage. Um, well, uh, so describe this commercial. The desert. Seen. He looks all rock, rock and roll. He's got his guitar. He's got a whammy bar. He's, he's playing, and there's a wolf that goes across in front of him, and he's just he's got that swagger. Really? Sausage for men. Sausage for men from the makers of. Links. Uh, we're looking. Uh, Nick has just pulled up the Flat video. Jacks. And, yeah, uh, these pompous, right? You know what the 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 uh, fragrance and jewelry commercials are so odd. They really take this uh, artistic license with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There's one right now, and I love Anya Taylor Joy. She's just yeah. stunning. It was yeah. really sweet when she was here. But it's for it's for Tiffany, and she's walking. It's black and white. She's walking under like the Brooklyn Bridge or something like that. And these guys. Riding wheelies on bicycles or circling around does it, her. Does, that, like, does that make anybody buy a scent? What, isn't it the way it smells when you go? The one that kills me is the one with uh, Kira Knightley for uh, Chanel. Oh, like what the hell's going on in well, this thing? Shows... Is that the one when she ends up on a helicopter? Yeah. Uh... No, that's Natalie Portman. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a helicopter uh, that's with, a, with a sausage for women. A ladder hanging underneath sausage for chicks. <laughs> it's showing that it's a high-end product. You want to yeah. look like that? You want to be high-end? You buy here. Yeah, I know. I, I I understand the. It's just, I don't know. It's they, not our world. They just they 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 do these odd little vignettes and and they're they they don't really have a lot to do with the product. But anyhow, I I get it. But it's kind of goofy. Anya Taylor Joy has become the glamour girl. Like yes. like at the Emmys and stuff. Did you see her? She had this backless gown on that went. Down very low. They they dress her yeah. uh, to the T all the time. If you if you follow her on any social media, she, you'll see she's always wearing high fashion high in stuff. fashion. Yeah. Um. I used to love. I mean, I still love Tiffany. I still have Tiffany jewelry. But I remember going in there one time and uh, purchasing something that I already had. I was buying it as a gift for somebody, right. and it, you know it was. It was not super expensive. It was uh, it was attainable. I could afford right. it to buy this gift for somebody um, who had done something very nice for me over the years, uh, and it was like tripled in price. And I was like, "Wow!" Oh, and like I didn't even ask. I was like, "Yep, I'm going to take the whatever." You'll it's called, probably whatever be leaving now. Yeah, yeah. And, no. She put it in the box. She wrapped it up. Like I had my credit card yeah. out and everything because I had remembered what I paid for it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember her saying the price, and I was like. Oh, I uh, really hope she likes this. Oh, my God. <laughs> whoa, 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 what was that again? Hey, remember this? It's not a journey. Every journey ends, but we go on. This is Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. The world turns and we turn with it. Mm. Plans disappear. This is, Dreams take over. This is a cologne yes. you're talking about. Yes. But wherever I go. Yeah. There you are. Well, don't you want to be like him? Don't there you, there you are. Bacon for men. He did say that. Bacon for men. Bacon for men. I was joking when I said wherever you go, there you are. But wherever I go, there you are. Uh, My luck. That makes no sense. My fate. My fate. My fortune. My stink. My fortune. I have a number. 
Right. Smell like bacon. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. Well, now we have to run back because we parodied that with uh, with Ritz. Yeah. Crackers. Do you still have that? Oh, uh, man. It was, it was uh, what was the name of that band? Not Crustables. Uh, Cracker. Uh, Cracker Fools. Cracker Fools. Yeah. <laughs> Cracker Fools. Ritz yes. Cracker Fools. You would, you would endorse that. You did a com- uh, like a video too, right, Case? Yeah, yeah in the hallway. Uh, Ritz Cracker Fools. Outtakes? What the hell is Outtakes? Uh, oh, oh here it is. Yeah. Oh, where? Oh, you got it? Yeah. yeah. yeah Look back over the past. <laughs> Empires rise. <laughs> Cultures expand. Nations grow. <laughs> Empires crumble, cultures fade, nations collapse, but we go on, we rise, we expand, we grow, it's crackerfuls, never crumble. (laughs) Never crumble. You should have a shirt with that on it. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, I, there you go. Johnny's got a new sausage for men and sausage for men. Uh, so they're still working on this thing. Okay. How about this? Um, Nicholas Cage was filmed being kicked out of an L.A. or Las Vegas restaurant after getting into a drunken argument with staff. Oh no! Exclusive footage. How come you don't have crackerfuls? Obtained by the Sun. <laughs> Shows this guy's a mess. The greatest cracker ever made. Shows a 57 year old actor being escorted out of Lowry's Prime Rib near the Las Vegas Strip last week. Eyewitness, uh, eyewitnesses who originally mistook the Oscar winner for a homeless person. Yeah, I can uh, see why. Told the outlet that Cage was drinking expensive whiskey and shots of tequila before becoming belligerent. He's wearing like Jackie Bam Bam pants and has no shoes on. And uh, anonymous source added he was so drunk he could barely get his flip-flops on before being escorted out. Uh, he asked us if he wanted to come back to his place, but he was in a bad way, so we didn't think it was a good idea. One of the regulars ended up taking him home, they said. So, wow, getting that hammered by himself, that's uh, that's not a good sign right there. I love Nicolas Cage. His quirky roles. In his br- I just watched the movie. I got him. It's escaping me. But the truffle pig. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really good. Was it really good? Really good. Okay. His performance is excellent. Well, well he uh, he had to go out and have a drink. Uh, just it, finished a great movie about a pig. Yeah. Um, all right, how about this? Uh, British actor Tom Felton. We were just talking about him. It was his birthday the other day yeah. for yeah. Uh, Draco Malfoy uh, in Harry Potter. He was hospitalized in Wisconsin yesterday. He collapsed at the Ryder Cup golf tournament. Did, uh, no, I was watching this. Have, has anything come in? No. Did, did, nope. Yeah, just an incident. Felton went down at the 18th hole of the Whistling Straits course in Sheboygan, Sheboygan while playing in a celebrity match. He was playing for the European celebrity team one day before the start of the tournament. Uh, photos showed a dazed-looking Felton being helped to his feet and a distressed-looking Felton being transported on a golf cart. Uh, as of early this morning, no update on his medical condition. The one encouraging thing is that they had a couple of pictures of him sort of sitting up and smiling. So um, It was uh, his birthday the day before. Do you think he mm-hmm. tore it up? I think he went out, tore it up, had to get up early, play yeah. around to golf, and was just probably dehydrated, dehydrated yeah. wiped out. So... Uh, I assume they were walking the course, and uh, and therefore he was probably too much. It's a good five mile walk. Where is this course again? It's in Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. It's stunning. It's is amazing. it? You, have you been? Oh no, 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 yeah. no, uh, no. But it's uh, it's something else. So uh, he will we'll find out uh, what the update is on him. Uh, maybe later on today we'll see. Linda Evangelista, the supermodel, uh, shared on Wednesday that she is now quote permanently deformed. 
after suffering a rare side effect uh, side effect from having fat cells removed in a procedure called cool sculpting. We've heard of that. Oh, yeah, cool yeah. sculpting no, is, is quite is quite common. I, I, I know lipos lip. Lipolysis. I endorsed it for a little stretch. And, yeah. uh, um It's uh, an odd procedure, but um, you know what happened to her is really rare. But I, I feel terrible for her. I mean, everything that she's gone through has been really debilitating. What? What is? It? They're just like freezing there fat are cells. Basically, two different approaches that they they do, and one is uh, burn the fat cells, and one is cool the fat cells. And yeah, basically, it freezes them, kills them, and then they die off. Well, and you, your body not- expels them. In theory, yeah, but it's yeah. not invasive. You don't, right? No, no, it's no, just no. All yeah. done. They put these like cold compresses on you, and uh, I had them like on my love handles and on my gut, and it worked a little bit. But I was also coupling it with uh, exercise and diet, so you never know quite exactly what's causing that. But for her, it, apparently, it's been really uh, awful. Yeah, she went on to state that her adverse reaction to the procedure, which saw her fat cells increase instead of decrease, oh no, led to her becoming uh, depressed and reclusive, as well as bringing an abrupt end to her career. She wrote, "Today, I took a big step towards." Writing a wrong that I have suffered and kept to myself for over five years to my followers who have wondered why I have not been working while my peers' careers have been thriving. The reason is that I was brutally disfigured by Zeltique's cool sculpting procedure, which did the opposite of what it promised. It increased, not decreased, my fat cells. How does that happen? And left me permanently deformed even after undergoing two painful, unsuccessful corrective surgeries. I have been left, as the media has described, unrecognizable. Going on to share details of her condition, she added, I have developed paradoxical adipose hyperplasia, or PAH, a risk of which I was not made aware of before I had my procedures. Uh, PAH has not only destroyed my livelihood, it has sent me into a cycle of deep depression, profound sadness, and the lowest depths of self-loathing. In the process, I've become a recluse. With this lawsuit, she said, I'm moving forward to rid myself of my shame and going public with my story. I'm so tired of living this way. I would like to walk out of my door with my head held high despite not looking like myself any longer. So I I saw some pictures of her in the Daily Mail press and uh, what she currently looks like. Uh, it, it obviously affects her. I don't think she looks horrible. She doesn't, she doesn't look disfigured. No, she just looks she chubby. Yeah, that's to basically me. it. I, I agree 100%. Uh, according to the Cool Sculpting website, the procedure is approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for the treatment of visible fat bulges in the submental or under the chin and submandibular under the jawline areas, thigh, fat, uh, thigh, abdomen, and flank, along with bra fat, back fat, Underneath the buttocks, also known as banana roll. Banana roll sounds delicious. Wait, what? And upper arm. Wait, what's the banana roll? So under your butt, you know, if there's a little uh, um, uh, un- under one of the buttocks. It's yeah. a sub It's a sub it's, butt. It's like a, yeah, it's like a... Um, um, an auxiliary butt. Like another roll? Yeah. It's a banana roll. Oh, because like... If you and they have call like, it a banana roll. But if you have like the butt... I'll have two of those, please. Yeah. But if you have like the butt line there, like you want that. Yeah, but there's another one. There's, there's two an- lines. Oh, That's okay. the butt roll. Uh, see, do oh, a search oh, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, butt roll. Oh, Casey's going to show you. No, can. I want to <laughs> see your... Uh, He's, he is so disgusting. I literally I think I just saw your balls, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he has a banana jammed Can in his I ass. Can I take a picture of him? I got it. I, know, it? I know what you're talking about now. By the way, who's going to eat that banana today, Kate? Well, it's, 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 it's the peel. Are you going to eat? You are going to eat. By the way, 
That is the second time in as many days as I've seen Casey with a banana shoved between his butt cheeks. He did it to me yesterday. I was calling to make a doctor appointment, and he shoved. He, and as I'm doing it, he's trying to break me while I'm doing a serious yeah. phone call. And I turn around, he's got a banana wedged between his butt cheeks. Two days in a row. I got to give you five. You oh, yeah. are Bye-bye. a special Thank human. You. He is. That is for One sure. One of my favorite people in the world. All right, so anyhow, moving on from banana roll. Uh, here, Kathy, here's a picture of a banana you roll. You see it? That's the banana roll. Yeah. Oh, I see. Like, so it's on the leg. Uh, uh, upper thigh, I guess. Upper thigh. Back thigh, yeah. It's, right. it's where your banana got roll it, is. Got it, got it. Anyhow, declaring a risk of, so this is according to the um, uh, the FDA site. It says, declaring a risk of rare side effects. The site says that the non-invasive procedure may cause a visible enlargement in the treated area which may develop two to five months after treatment and require surgical intervention or correction. According to a manuscript shared on the U.S. National Library of Medicine National Institutes of Health's website in 2014, paradoxical adiopose hyperplasia is a rare delayed side effect following uh, the treatment. So it happens one in every 20,000. Oh, man. Apparently it's higher in males. So she just had a, a rare side effect. And I think her uh, contention is they didn't make her aware that there is a potential side effect to this. So, well, that would be wrong. I would, I would guess if she signed anything. Yes. 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 And listen, I sign stuff I don't read all the time. All, all the time. The ti- who and has? T- no one's reading those 90 pages you're so signing. I'm guessing that's what happened. Yeah, the but case you know is going to be they- if they can make the case that, it, that, that, that she wasn't. <laughs> aware of this, however, Preston and Kathy, you know, any procedure, any, even the most minor thing, if you're going to the doctor, they make you sign in everything and you have to be apprised of the potential risks. If they really did not, then she's got Well, here's gotta... the thing. She, I'm sure she signed something, but when you go to places like this and do this cosmetic work, uh, because you know me, like, yeah. I, I will ask, I, well, what are the side effects? And listen, to places that I've been to, they're like, it's so rare. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to know what it is. Well, what? walk with me to my car because yeah, I'm leaving. Like, well, what is it? You know what I mean? And and things like this. I, I mean, if she didn't ask, I would see a place not saying, hey, there's a one in 2,000 chance that this might happen to you. Right. The real the real bitch of it is is that it, this was something that she volunteered to do. It was elective, you know. Yeah. She, did, she yeah. did not need it, yeah. but opted to do and it's it. Pretty it's non-invasive, so you think yeah. you're safe with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to be yeah. fine. Yep. So uh, her Instagram post prompted a number of prominent figures in the fashion world to show their support, including Marc Jacobs and Cindy Crawford and uh, Naomi Campbell and Christy Turlington and all that. So we'll see if the lawsuit goes anywhere. Uh, Kim Kardashian's brand, Skims, has been accused of ripping off a photo shoot involving former Basketball Wives star Drea Michelle and model Tanaya Henry. Oh, I hate when they rip off basketball stars' photo shoots. Uh, Kristen Noel Crawley was the first to point out the similarities between the images of the recent Skims shoot featuring Kourtney Kardashian and Megan Fox feeding each other cherries while wearing lingerie and the original. Uh, Crawley posted the images of Michelle and Henry feeding each other in their underwear on a now-expired Instagram story with the caption, Black women are always the blueprint and don't you forget it. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how far they get with their this, this has got Supreme Court written all I over I think you're it. right, yes. <laughs> Kardashian versus right. basketball right. wives. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, how about this? Mike, the situation, Sorrentino called the police when his brother showed up at his New Jersey home Tuesday evening with some gifts for his nephew. 
Uh, the, Apparently they're estranged, right? Yeah, the Jersey Shore Stars rep said that Frank Maximo Sorrentino uh, excessively rang multiple doorbells, peered inside through the glass, and, <laughs> and hung around the house <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Can you put the reverb on when you do that? I love it when you do that. <laughs> 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 that does get annoying. And oh, the, my God, There's yes. a picture of Maximo. He's got the fake tan, uh-huh. and he's got the rubbery Don Martin face that the situation has. <laughs> it looks like his brother. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he, he looks... Uh, he, th- these are people that walk around looking like their own mall caricatures. <laughs> Who's better looking? We're we're looking at side by side. Well, minus the tan, I'd say the brother might be. A yeah, little yeah. Little or at least more proportionate. Yeah. Anyhow, they, uh, they both just look like douchebags. Yeah, like that's not attractive at all. Yeah. Do you remember there was in the early days of social media? I know what you're going to say. The, those guys, those yes. pictures circulating of the guys with the fake tans and the spiked up hair. And I yes. forgot what the term the was. Bags of yeah, it was, Jersey or and something. And the whole thing was, you know, doing Jaeger bombs and all that stuff. It's actually sort of what preceded um, yeah. Jersey Shore. Like yes. The popularity of that thing. People couldn't stop staring at it. And they're like, oh, my God. And there was, there was a story there, even though there were obnoxious douchebags. Uh-huh. Do you guys remember there was one, actually, that even slightly preceded that? It was two guys with sort of like, uh, and they were, they were tan douchebags, but they had sort of like Millie Vanilli type hair. And they had the, the, the head... Bands and the whole thing. I mean, they were just Vaguely. complete idiots. Yeah. They're the first guys I remember getting traction yeah. for their douchebaggery. Um, so, anyhow, uh, and his brother, Maximo, uh, left and he hung all the gifts <laughs> on the doorknob. <laughs> I was trying, I, you know, I guess nice. Maximo probably hasn't generated the capital that the situation has. So, police uh, showed up in less than a minute and told Maximo he was not allowed to return unless he was invited. The reality star. Was he a vampire? Reality star's brother claims <laughs> that he was just dropping off a Puma BMW tracksuit. No, he's, Mike. He's got to invite me and I can't just call me. And his uh, newborn son, Romeo. Uh, the outlet reported that uh, Mike previously filed harassment claims against Maximo for his erratic behavior. So, yeah, they, okay. don't, they don't get along yeah. at all. Yeah, sorry. Uh, let's see. Daniel Craig has been made an honorary commander in the British Royal Navy. How about that? Premiere of his fifth James Bond film, No Time to Die. Yeah. They presented him with his ship yesterday. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Actually, more than I thought was involved, but I'm honored. Uh, the actor's new rank is the same as uh, that 007 holds in the films. Uh, Craig said in a statement, I am truly privileged and honored to be appointed the rank of honorary commander in the senior service. That is cool. Yeah, that's fantastic, And he's man. been a great Bond. He's been outstanding yeah. Bond. I've totally loved him. Uh, Deborah Messing took to Twitter yesterday to slam Saturday Night Live for selecting Kim Kardashian <laughs> as oh. one of the hosts of season 47. Uh, the Will and Grace alum said, uh, who, by the way, has never hosted SNL, uh, said, why Kim Kardashian? She said, I mean, I know she's a cultural icon, but SNL has hosts generally who are performers who are there to promote a film, a TV show, or an album launch. Am I missing something? You have to wonder why Deborah Messing sticking her nose into this, you know? Yeah, you're missing a lot of things. I yeah, mean, yeah. they well, have she's all... pretty vocal about stuff. Yeah. 
But they have all kinds of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean they, they had uh, Elon Musk, Elon Musk, yeah. and Charles Barkley, and the Manning brothers. They like, had John McCain. And you know what? People who don't normally watch Saturday Night Live are going to watch because she's on. And oh, I yeah. think honestly, if you stop and think about it, John McCain was sort of the Kim Kardashian of his time. I am certainly no fan. <laughs> Of Kim Kardashian, yeah. but I understand certainly yes, why they would have her it's as a stunt host. Stunt casting, totally. exactly. Yeah. Hey, this is fun. Chris Pratt and Charlie Day will voice Mario and Luigi in the oh. forthcoming animated <laughs> Super Mario cool. Brothers movie. Yep. So that's. Uh, I think it's great. Charlie's getting to work with Chris. And, I think that's awesome. Uh, Illumination and Nintendo announced uh, the voiceover cast. Yesterday, Deadline reports that uh, Andy Taylor-Joy will play Princess Peach. Perfect. Uh, the rest of the cast includes Jack Black as Bowser, which Great. is perfect, too. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Seth yeah. Rogen as, the don- as Donkey Kong. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. <laughs> Kevin Michael Richardson <laughs> as Kamek. And Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. How much Donkey Kong did you play when it came oh, out? Oh, God, that was my game. That was a, that was a precision. Yep. I'm going to beat this mother. Of the 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 games that were out at that time, Donkey Kong was my absolute favorite. Yeah. And I wasn't great at it. I was pretty good at it, but I saw people that were amazing at it. It was it was a hard game to play, but that was my favorite. There was a lot of pushback on social media yesterday, uh, campaigning for Danny DeVito to also be in this movie. <laughs> oh, yes, okay. uh, because they wanted him to either be Yoshi or Mario instead of Chris Pratt. Right. So, um, you know what I found out yesterday? Speaking of those games, is that the uh, person who created Pitfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to Plymouth White Marsh High School. Oh, no did you way. Guys, yeah. Uh, so I went to Spot Burger yesterday. I got to give a shout out again to uh, Josh <laughs> Kim um, because he's the owner and he's always giving back to the community. But uh, that's where he went to high school. And he was telling me that the creator of Pitfall what a small went world. to PW. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, I'd be interested in speaking to someone like that. Okay. If, uh, they're still in the area or reachable. That'd be kind of cool, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It's a great game. It is a great game. Yeah. All right, so how about this? Uh, Netflix announced yesterday that there is more Tiger King to come. The company teased, quote, more madness and mayhem for the Tiger King season two, but did not share specifics about which cast members will be returning when the series streams later this year. I'm hearing that Joe Exotic is playing one of the kids in Stranger Things. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, That Talk about stunt casting. Uh, One popular personality. It's Dana Gorgon. Uh, from the original, who will definitely not be returning, is Carol Baskin. Uh, in a statement published by the Hollywood Reporter, Baskin wrote, I am refusing to be played again, mm. and added that she told Tiger King director Rebecca Chaiklin to, quote, lose her number. So she wants nothing to do with that. And I can understand why if she felt that she was misrepresented, but... I'm definitely going to watch it. I wonder if it can pause... It, there were so many things that went into making it such riveting television when it came out, not the least of which was that it came out at the beginning of the quarantine. Yeah. Uh, so it gave a nice diversion. But, um, you know, it, 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 hey, if they pull it off, great. Hey, cool cats and kittens. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is sad news. Notting Hill director Roger Mitchell passed away yeah. uh, on Wednesday. Um, he was 65 years old. Always liked that movie. I, I still, yeah. it's one of mine, you know, go-tos. If it's on, I'll, I'll, wherever it is, I'll sit down and watch it. Uh, Julie Roberts uh, told E! News that Ted Mitchell was, quote, such a kind and gentle man. He always had a sweet grin on his face and a perfect piece of direction to share. I feel so fortunate to have had such a fantastic opportunity to work with him. I don't know why or how he uh, passed away. Um, and then one more thing. Muppets Haunted Mansion will premiere on Disney Plus oh, Friday, right. October 8th. Uh, the trailer dropped yesterday and shows Gonzo and Pepe the Prawn 
attempting <laughs> to spend one night in the spooky house. We know the voice of Pepe is the Frog. Is that uh, Mr. Beretta? It is. That's cool. Yeah. The uh, human stars will include Will Arnett as the ghost host, Yvette Nicole Brown as the hearse driver, Darren Chris as the caretaker, and Taraji P. Henson as <laughs> the bride. And Danny Trejo's in it as well. Oh, excellent. I love this stuff. Ed yeah. Asner, one of his last roles. That's uh, cool. John Stamos, uh, Craig Robinson, Alfonso Ribeiro, Pat Sajak. Wow. What's it All called? Right. It's called the, uh, the ha- Muppets Haunted Mansion. Uh, so that comes out uh, on Friday the 8th. So the Muppets are owned by Disney, yeah? Uh, I guess they must be yeah. with Disney yeah. Plus. I mean, they even even at Disney World they have a Muppets the the theater. If, yes. uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. go to that. I did. Was it good? <laughs> they put I... on Death of a Salesman, right? <laughs> no, but I love the Muppets. So I've I, and it's air conditioned. So you know you can and take a break. <laughs> yes, those things are those attractions are great for that. Mm-hmm. When it's oppressively hot. Was it nice? Yeah, right. yeah, because they have uh, uh, the two grumpy old guys in the balcony. Oh, and, that's great! Uh, you know, and, it, and it is interactive, like so you get like wind and you know uh, water blown at you and stuff. So both Disney and Universal have similar theaters that do that, and I'm, I'm like, the jury's still out on that because what they tend to do is they have the AC up in those in those theaters. Mm-hmm. So when you get sprayed with the water, you're sitting there freezing, yeah. you know, because it's it's just not conducive to a Good theater experience. Preston, look who the director is. Uh, where? Kirk Thatcher. We oh, know, my God. We know him, too. Uh, we do know him. Why are not talking to us? We might Why have, aren't we in this? We might have to talk to uh, Kirk at some point. Uh, yeah, we'd, we'd sp- I'd spend time with him at uh, at Michael Giacchino's house yeah. in, in L.A. Privilege. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. We've had him on the show before, so that's great. What I was looking at was the, the voice of Kermit, Matt Vogel. That's not the Vogel from Philly. Mike Vogel. Mike Vogel. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I got you. But Bill Beretta, we know. Yes. Uh, Gene Beretta's brother. And he is uh, Pepe the Prong, which is cool. So, all right. um, Movies are opening this weekend, so I think we need to explore the titles that we have here. (laughs) I can't help it. All right, so we have opening today, Dear Evan Hansen, a musical drama starring Ben Platt, Amy Adams, and Julianne Moore. Uh, the breathtaking, generation-defining Broadway phenomenon becomes a soaring cinematic event as Tony, Grammy, and Emmy Award winner Ben Platt reprises his role as an anxious, isolated high schooler aching for understanding and belonging amid the chaos and cruelty of the social media age. Uh, two hours and 17 minutes long, and it's rated PG-13. Wide release in theaters. It's got a low score. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 35%. I know you were saying yesterday, Casey, you heard it wasn't yeah. that great. Yeah, it's this is so, Casey, I'm, I'm, a lot of what you said yesterday has been echoed by a lot of the critics who are, are fans of the stage production and right. can't understand how they botched this. Yeah, I mean, the, the source material is really good, and maybe. Uh, listen, you love the Jersey Boys movie, right? Yeah. I didn't care for it. Right. I saw it on stage. Right. I loved it. It's one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. So, you know, maybe it's the same thing. So maybe for people who have never seen the stage production, this will speak to them better. I've heard the movie described as reckless. That it takes takes, um, some serious topics. Oh, no. So Platt's father is one of the producers. Uh, 
And then so, the, I, but yeah, the word reckless came up a number of times. Mm-hmm. What is this uh, here, Nick? So the uh, the movie, I'm sorry, the the play, the the musical has Philadelphia roots, and it was uh, written by a guy named Benji Pasek. Casey, I don't know if your name Ben or Benj Pasek, and he went to Friends Central. And uh, Casey, you were describing the plot of uh, Heaven Hansen yesterday, and apparently the incident that um, sort of sends him down that path is similar to an incident that happened when uh, Pasek was at Friends Central High School. Wow! So it's sort of predicated on. Uh, uh, experience. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and by the way, so Ben Platt, uh, I did not know, he's, he's one award away from an EGOT. He is. And if he gets an Oscar, and I'm sure he'll work on that, uh, he'll be, I, I didn't know he won a Tony, Grammy, and Emmy. Wow, it's amazing. All right, also opening this weekend is The Guilty. It's a mystery slash thriller, which stars uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Ethan Hawke, and Riley Kehoe, or Kehoe. Uh, and the film takes place over the course of a single morning in a 911 dispatch call center. Call operator Joe Baylor tries to save a caller in grave danger, but he soon discovers that nothing is as it seems, and facing the truth is the only way out. Hour and 31 minutes long. It's rated R. It is in theaters and streaming today. It's got a score 73% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. Hey, you know, getting back to that EGOT, Preston, is mm-hmm. it is, I think, super attainable with this movie, not for acting, but... For soundtrack, for a song, adapted song, or something along would, those he, lines. He wouldn't win would directly, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> you just can't be associated with an Oscar. You have to win the Oscar for your yeah performance. performance. Yeah. So, I mean, he... Did I he write understand. the songs? Well, but he sings them, so don't you... They wouldn't. They don't give the Oscar to the... Not per, to the, for performance. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, the Oscar for uh, Best Original Song or something like that goes to the people who composed it. He would have to win an Oscar for his performance in the movie. Oh, damn. All right, and then uh, last movie opening is The Starling, and it stars Melissa McCarthy, Chris O'Dowd, and Kevin Kline. It's a drama. Uh, The plot is a woman adjusting to life after loss contends with a feisty bird that's taken over her garden and a husband who's struggling to find a way forward. Uh, it is an hour and 44 minutes rated PG-13. It is streaming on Netflix. Clocks in at a big 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, unfortunately. It seems weird. When they mention the cast, uh, you know, from the get-go, yeah. I'm thinking, you got some of the funniest comedic actors in this movie, th- and this is a drama? Yeah, I guess they are, they're trying to yeah. uh, stretch their acting muscles a little bit. And, yeah, uh, I'd be a feisty bird. Preston. Feisty bird. <laughs> All right, we're ready for clips. Two dancers compete for a contract to join the highly coveted Opera National de Paris Ooh. in the film Birds of Paradise. And here, director Sarah Adina Smith talks about how uh, competition and success led her here. In my younger days, like when I was the age of these characters, I was a little bit more competitive and like always sort of comparing myself to others. And now I'm in a place where I truly, genuinely feel really happy when others succeed, when, when especially when they're worthy and I respect the work of others. Thing sucks! Uh, Birds of Paradise <laughs> is available on Prime Video today. Uh, here is the next clip for you. After 30 years in the business, Jake Gyllenhaal is able to pick and choose his projects and focus on the ones that he is passionate about. And here the actor talks about what drew him to the guilty. For me, a lot of my choices have become about who is obviously directing the film, but also the relationships I have with them. Because someone like Antoine, we've been through all the tough stuff. Why throw that away on one thing? You know, that's a relationship. To me, I really have started to say, I'm going to move towards those relationships. I don't give a f- uh, The Guilty is in theaters today, as we said earlier. 
That's it. That's all I got in the world of That's enough. This morning, so we're done there. Uh, we have a lot on today's program, folks. We're right on the cusp of the MMRBQ. We give away our front row package, VIP package today with the Word of the Week prize. We're excited about that. We're also giving away money. We have uh, two chances to win $500 of MMR's Money Clips, and that continues on through the course of the day. Uh, we have some guests joining us, uh, comedian Joe List, who's going to be at Healing Comedy Club. And, yes, from our sister station, the unbelievable Andre Gardner is stopping by because Breakfast with the Beatles will be celebrating its 1,000th broadcast on Sunday. No repeats that Andre has been doing this. 1,000. 1,000 of them. No repeats. That's amazing. That is a milestone. And Ringo Starr is going to call him this week. Yeah. Which is really cool. And we love Andre. So he's going to be stopping by later on in the program. We are going to take a break. We will be back in just a moment. Make sure that you do stay with us. It's MMR's Money Clips. I just won 500 bucks. How about that? Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip. You are now $500 richer, John. Woohoo! Thank you. Up to seven times a day. Why are you doing so well? I just won $500. That's what we like to hear. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs and then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Did you just win $500? Yes, I did. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize 10,000 bucks. I am so excited. That's awesome. I just won $500. Yeah, you did with MMR's Money Clips. Sponsored by Horizon Services. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Visit horizonservices.com. Thank you so much. Congratulations, man. $500 just for listening to MMR. All right, you guys rock. Complete rules at WMMR.com. MMR rock. I'm going to try to burn up on my charts uh, today. Uh, the shard outs. Get a cigarette uh, lighter. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to spread them out a little bit. All right. Um, and so do me a favor. All right. Somebody contact Christine Jones and tell her that I'm doing her shard out because it <laughs> says here she wanted it at a very specific time. I, I'm no. not going to be able to do it at a specific he can't, time. People, I, I he can't, can't do that. What are you trying to do to he me, can't. people? You're tearing me apart. So Christine says, hey, Presbo, sorry to bother you at work. Can you give a big wet shard out to my stepson, Massimo? Uh, or is it Massimo? No, Massimo. Massimo, thank okay. you. Uh, between 7.30 and 7.50. Mm. I can't do no. that. I, we'll be in the middle of a, of a discussion at that You're point. You're killing so. me. Oh, it's super close. It uh, is super close it's to close. 7.30. She says, uh, we listen every morning on the way to school, and I love sharing my favorite things with him and, of course, love him. Thanks, guys. Keep being amazing. And that is from Christine Jones. So, Christine... I did the best I could. What do you want from me, woman? You're killing me. No, I'm so. You're better than that. Someone let her know. We love you. Lay back for his son. Yeah. You're killing this man. Yes. That's right. It stinks. It stinks. All right. And then uh, one last one that says Hi, Grandmom. Uh, Friday, September 24th is my husband's 42nd birthday. His name is James Baker. Oh, from the, uh, from the, the PTL club yes. or whatever it was? Or the, <laughs> Tell him to knock it, it off. <laughs> Stop selling that survivalist food. Uh, and he is literally my other half and my best friend. We live together and work together running a kitchen outside of Pittsburgh. That's and very nice. We still can't get enough of each other. Every day is a blessing listening to your podcast on our porch and we love you guys so much. He would freak out, <laughs> freak out, freak out if you could shard out for him. Uh, thank you all so much for putting on the best radio show ever Aww. and rock on. Love always. That's from Stephanie Baker. So here you go. I love out. that notion of sitting on the porch. It's yeah. very old school. Yeah, very much so. Um, all right. So today is September 24th. And today is actually a pretty big day 
in the world of music. It was 30 years ago today that Nevermind from Nirvana was officially released. Wow. Think about that. 30 years ago. First of all, oh, my God. I have a tangible memory of this happening. We were at WDRE in New York. This was before DRE here. And um, the um, program director came down the hallway and we, you know, our, our, it was alternative music, you know, alternative rock. And uh, he came down, he's, he's, he's holding the, uh, the Nirvana a- a- album, uh, and he says, this is going to be a shift here. It's yeah. going to be a shift. And, uh, and started running with it. And everyone, I remember when he, it played all on the air, everyone was looking at the speakers like, yeah. this is different. So this is the one that kicked the door in. Yep. Um, this is absolutely uh, the one that opened up the floodgates for grunge, the Seattle sound. Grunge had already been had already been starting to bubble and surface. And I mean, had Nick had um, had ten already been released? Did yeah. did Pearl Jam already? I think ten actually came out first. Yeah, because but yeah, Nir- I think so. Nirvana had another record before this. And they the, did, and obviously this one was what uh, catapulted them into Do the you- stratosphere. But I remember like Mother Love Bone existed. Yes, and uh, there yeah, there was definitely a Seattle sound. I remember hearing the word grunge well before Nevermind yeah, came out. Right. Yeah, a friend of mine, a guy named Joe, God rest his soul, he died, but. Um, he had, he had told me, he's like, man, you heard this thing called grunge, and I just thought the name was funny. Uh-huh. Um, and so he tried to describe to me what it was. He was kind of like garage rock, you know, this and that. And then it wasn't until this album came out that just the floodgates opened and here it all came. Do right? you know what's funny is that I don't, like, Nirvana's not my favorite. And, and, and Nirvana, I, 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 to have them be at the point at which all the, the, all the shifting took place, and, and you, all these other bands were suddenly like, oh, let's check out these bands as well. Um, I, I'm not as big a Nirvana fan as I am of the other bands, but so it's just like, you know, you say, okay, the Beatles were a flashpoint for, for, for yeah. rock and, a, yeah. and, the, and the British invasion. Mm. Uh, but for me, Nirvana isn't a favorite, but I completely appreciate what happened when the album came out? Yeah, this one, I, um, you know, I admit it. Uh, it I, I didn't get it at yeah. first. I really didn't. And, uh, but Pearl Jam, I did. Yes. To me, Pearl yeah. Jam was way more exactly. palatable. Yeah. Um, and they're more of a classic rock band. I mean, you'd heard the sounds of Pearl Jam before. You know, you can hear it in Zeppelin, you can hear it in Bruce, certainly The Who. Nirvana was a different sound. And I think that's part of the reason why people, sort of a, a little bit more in the arty spectrum, uh, tended to skew towards Nirvana. Um, I remember when I got hired by Jim McGuinn at Y100, I sat down with him and he was asking me what my interests were. And I was like, well, listen, I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. He's like, huh. I'm a Nirvana fan. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but, but Jim... Uh, Jim Beatles and Stones. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Jim pointed it, that out to me as well. He's like, yeah. it's, it, it, either you were a Nirvana fan or a Pearl Jam fan, but they both uh, raised, you know, the the level of music coming out and, and certainly reinvented rock for that time. I mean, it really made rock a palatable and marketable and sellable genre once again. The album had a lot of great songs on it, but it was Smells Like Teen Spirit. That that opened up the door to uh, the mainstream mm-hmm. and a song of, of, of a new sound. You were mentioning that they, they were they were kind of like okay, uh, this is another song on the album. That's what Dave was right. saying. I, I mentioned this yesterday. Right. Dave was saying, look, we were more focused on in bloom, right, mm-hmm. and and breed, and and uh, a couple of other songs. Uh, and this was just another tune on the album. They didn't know, and sometimes that happens. The yeah. big big hit, you don't realize you have it that you've written it more often than not. Yeah, I actually have a demo on a play of it here in a second. Um, but I was going to say, I you know, even though I gravitated more towards Pearl Jam, I definitely um, like I couldn't escape Nirvana because my little brother was a huge fan. 
So my little brother was a drummer, and he really liked Dave Grohl, and so he played a lot of Nirvana. He would play it on his own drum kit. So right. I eventually started to understand it. Uh, what ruined the uh, the song "Smells Like Teen Spirit" for me was a video. I didn't like it. I still oh. I still don't like. I it. think it's a great oh, video. It's, 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 to me, it's too moody. Uh, that, okay. that, but the, the band the band had that reputation. I know. Yeah. Kurt Cobain was the introspective, moody, uh, you know, artsy type, as you were saying, Nick, and and that was that was their whole vibe. Uh, as opposed to Case pointing out that Pearl, I connected more to what Pearl Jam was doing mm-hmm. than what Nirvana was doing. What I loved about the video, though, were the cheerleaders yes. that they had in it. I was like, okay, that's just, you know, <laughs> these kind of goth cheerleaders. Yeah. I'm like, that's really cool. This is, they, they recorded this on a boombox yeah. when they were just demoing, just trying to, you know, teach themselves the song. This is it. Through some of it. I think he's just no. kind of singing yeah. a melody. Just banging it out in uh, what David called like a, a little barn that they would practice mm-hmm. in and uh, on a boombox. Pretty wild, man. It is very wild. Uh, almost four months after its release, Nevermind hit number one in the Billboard 200 albums chart and it turned grunge into the phenomenon that it was. Just 46,000 copies of Nevermind were shipped to record stores when it came out. That was clearly not enough. Uh, and Nevermind eventually certified Diamond in the U.S. for sales more than 10 million copies. It sold more than 30 million copies worldwide and just exploded. I mean, it uh, was one of those, even if you weren't much of a fan, you had to have it in your collection. Yeah, you know? I'm going to play a couple of clips uh, from some instrumental people. Uh, go to Butch Vig. Um, oh, the, the producer, yes, yeah, right? Yeah, and drummer for Garbage. Yes. He ended up being in a, in a band afterwards, but he's the guy who produced the album, but he's talking about... Uh, Going to a Nirvana gig just before the album came out uh, and felt that there was something going on with that band. They played a show in Chicago at um, the Metro, and um, we got to the gig, and there was a massive line around the block, and there was this insane buzz in the air. And they walked on stage, and the crowd was screaming. It was like Beatlemania. I was kind of freaking out. There were people, like, crying and just freaking out in the audience, and um, that was the first time I realized that the record was going to take on a life of its own. Uh, and then we have one from uh, Chris Novoselic, the bass player, uh, talking about, uh, you know, why he thought everything took off so big. Well, it was a phenomenon. I think a lot of it was timing is what was going on in the music uh, business. And a lot of the, the Sunset Strip uh, hair bands were <laughs> past their prime and people were ready for something new. 
Nirvana always tried to be sincere. Yeah, timing was key. Well, and he, he brings up a point uh, th- that um, the music effectively killed the guitar solo. Yes. You know, I mean, that yeah. that, that would it used did. to be a, a common thing was gone. Yeah, yeah. And, and at that time, like uh, bands like uh, Warrant and Firehouse... <laughs> Uh, that had these real pop sensibilities yeah. uh, in in metal were kind of even even though Guns N' Roses was still a force at that time, but they were imploding. The, the, yeah, their problem was that yeah. they, the, all, there was all this infighting with Slash and mostly Axel just being kind of a douche. Yeah, so it was uh, it was time to, a change was coming, and and it was it was like a light switch. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, a clip of Dave Grohl uh, talking about uh, Nirvana being heavy and not cheesy. There was a lot of that crazy heavy element in Nirvana. You know, the one thing that, that Nirvana wasn't was against was just the bullshit. Um and this is interesting, but so uh biographer Charles Cross talked about the fact that um Kurt Cobain had become kind of a fashion icon. Yes. Oh yeah. And uh how ridiculous that was <laughs> yeah. because he certainly wasn't trying to do that. So right. yeah, I know, but I love that look, that cardigan that he would wear. Yeah, I love that. It had a, a Salvation Army store, you know, thrift shop. Well, here's why. Here, Kurt picked his clothes by sheer accident. They were really about his poverty. He had ripped up jeans. He wore flannel shirts. The most insane aspect of his legacy is that, you know, even while Kurt was alive, fashion designers started selling fancy flannel shirts. <laughs> So it's really ironic that this style he created by accident has had such a lasting impact. It's because it was all he could afford. I, re- I remember <laughs> that, and I remember people being called, you know, and 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 these these um these companies were releasing, you know, tattered pre-tattered flannel shirts yeah. uh-huh. and the Pearl Jam song corduroy is kind of about that. Yeah. Eddie would wear similar things. He'd go to thrift shops and buy a jacket for $7, and then he ended up seeing, uh, believe it or not, Ricky Martin wearing that same jacket but designed by some designer, and it was it retailed, Steve, for like $600. You know? oh and, but, but yeah, same, oh same yeah. Uh, you know, basic... Um, Basic sentiment. Yeah. So, anyhow, it's it's a milestone, man. 30 years ago, that album came out, and uh, whether you like it or not, or whether you feel maybe, you know, it's overrated in its in its praise, it did what it did, man. It, it ushered in a whole bunch of stuff. I remember going back and forth thinking Kurt Cobain was a, a flash in the pan and, yeah. and a bit overrated, but then I've gone back and I've analyzed and listened to the songs again and, and what they do to me while I'm listening to them, and I'm like, this is good stuff. You know, This what? is really good stuff, and that's on a personal level. You know? I, I love that period of music. I love that time period, and every time I watch one of my favorite movies, Singles, to me it captures that whole, mm-hmm. right in that, gr- right in the... Yeah. In- Whatever happened to Citizen Dick, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys should have been Dick. bigger. Touch we are Dick. dick. <laughs> yeah. But like that was mid high school for me, and I mean, that's that was a great time. It was exciting, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. With all of this nostalgia and all of this rock coursing through our veins, and us on the cusp of the MMRBQ, I think it's time. Do you have this ready? I did. See, that's what I was asking. All right. I didn't know that we were doing it here, but I do. Yeah, I actually have it ready for me. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Take all that right. banana out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I Never did. I ate that banana, you guys. <laughs> I think it's time for this. It's time for Christian Elliott's rock trivia game that no one would play with him. Yeah! All right, so we got some stuff to give away. And by the way, that's a true story. You bought a rock trivia game that no one would ever play with you, so you brought it in and we use it. It sat at my house. <laughs> my wife doesn't play Trivial Pursuit. No. 
And it was this rock, and I never got to play it. Sat there unopened for ages. <laughs> so this is based in reality. And I'm like, when I somebody gave it to me as a gift, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to play this. Sat there for yeah. years. My wife doesn't know anything about rock music, or not much about rock yeah. music, and she doesn't like to play Trivial Pursuit, so I was screwed. <laughs> so I brought it in, we made it into Preston L.H. Rock Trivia Game that no one else wanted to play. Uh, and essentially, it's it's real easy. You just agree or disagree with the trivia answer, the answers I give to the trivia questions that yep. Steve has come up for me, because I want to play a game. Right. It's 50-50, right? 215-263-WMMR. That is the number, and we have a load of interesting prizes to give away. We only have a few minutes to play, though, right, Case? Because we got the uh, uh, we have the money clip coming up and all our guests and all this stuff, but we'll squeeze in what we can here, or we can just keep going till sure eight o'clock. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so give us a call at two one five two six three WMMR, and we've got everything from uh, I think we have flyers tickets in there. We got beer. Uh, we have some movies. Uh, we do. Um, so the many saints of New. Uh, I keep. I want to say New York, but it's Newark. Uh, the Many Saints of Newark, we have a screening for that that's coming up next week. Uh, we do have cases of voodoo, juicy, ha, haze, IPA, sorry. Some voodoo juice and juicy. It's a great drink if you have the concert scene. Oh, my God. It's just hanging uh, and then we also have uh, four packs of uh, tickets for the Phil's game on Sunday. By the, the way, Phil's game is baseball team. All right. the, uh, the Eagles are not playing on Sunday, so we got oh, the afternoon open. Yeah, that's right. What's that? The uh, Eagles don't play until Monday, so you have the afternoon open. So you have the afternoon open. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was talking and loading things into our sound system at the same time. It's all good, man. All right. So we're going to go to uh, Paul online. Hey, Paul, good morning. Hey, get Zooks. Get Paul. All right, uh, Preston Elliott's Rock Trivia Game. All you have to do is agree or disagree with me and my answer. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Steve. All right, Preston. Dusty Springfield mm. recommended Led Zeppelin to their eventual record label. What was Led Zeppelin's original record label? Led Zeppelin's original record label. Wow, I can actually see the, I know, so uh, the I. album. And, um... Yeah, um, it was Mercury Records. All right, Mercury Records. Do you agree or disagree, Paul? Uh, I'm going to disagree. You are right! Ah. It's Atlantic Records. Atlantic Ah. Records. Boy, I screwed the pooch on that, but Paul, you get a prize. Here, what we got for you? You got a case of Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Whether you're enjoying the game, having dinner, or hosting your next big event, check out Blackjack's American Pub and Grill in Birdsboro and enjoy a cold New Belgian Voodoo Draft. All right, we will go next to Frank. Hey, Frank, good morning. Dad Zook. Dad Zook, sir. All right, let's play. <laughs> Preston Ellie's Rock Trivia Game. You ready? <laughs> All right. Here, here, here's the question for you, Preston. And Frank, uh, pay attention to his answer. How many drummers have played for the famous band ACDC? Ooh. How many drummers? Three. Yep. What's that, Frank? Oh, yeah. I agree. You agree. All right. Twelve. What? Yeah. What? Dear God. That's what the, your rock trivia game says. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Frank. You I lose. Also- I also thought it was three. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chris Slade was one of them, and the other I, two guys I, I don't remember I, who I was thinking of. But when I saw that wow. number, I'm like, well, what? What, right. is they, what are they? Spinal Tap? I will. Uh, I will defer to you, sir. Preston Elliott, Rock Trivia Game. 
All right, let's go to Tyler next. Hey, Tyler. Hey, what's up? You guys rock. Uh, thank you, bud. All right, so we're playing the trivia game. Here we go. All right, here we go, Tyler. On Dire Straits Hit Money for Nothing, who sang the opening lyrics, I Want My MTV? Well, that was Sting, of course. All right, Tyler, do you agree or disagree? I'll agree with that. That is correct. Fun fact, he also co-wrote the song. Thank you for the softball, Steve. I appreciate that. And here's what we have for Tyler. You got a case of Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Enjoy Belgium's Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA at Blackjack's American Pub and Grill in Birdsboro. The area's premier celebration destination. Have your next holiday party or special event at Blackjack's. All right, next up is uh, Mario. Mario, good morning. Hey, make sure you get the one with you. Oh, God, I messed that up. Oh, oh my God. Try it again. Get some with some cheese on it, damn it. Uh, that's my dad. Get with some cheese on it, God damn it. All right, uh, let's play. Here we go, Steve. All right, Spirit of the Radio by Rush, Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix, and you two's I Will Follow all make use of this xylophone-like instrument. What is that instrument? I would have to say it's a glockenspiel. Preston says glockenspiel, Mario. Do you agree or disagree? Oh, man, part of me wants to agree with you because I trust you, but I kind of disagree. It sounds like a Belgian dish. Should have gone with your first instinct. Preston was right. Oh, man. I was either going to say glockenspiel or bells. Sometimes they call it uh, bells. In bed. But there you go. Sorry, man. Ah, ha, ha. All right. I got that one right. I'm just happy I got one right. Yeah. Uh, we, let's uh, play another one here. Up next is Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning, buddy. We're doing very well. You just have to agree or disagree to the answer of this question, which I hopefully have. All right, here here we go. Uh, what did Queen vocalist Freddie Mercury attribute his enhanced vocal range to, Preston? Extra teeth. He had four extra teeth. Brian, Preston says four extra teeth. Do you agree or disagree? Disagree. <laughs> He's, Preston was right. Ah! Four additional teeth. Sorry about that, Brian. Uh, uh, I just, I was reading something not too long ago, some Freddie Mercury facts, and they, they touch on that in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Uh, but it was legit, and he didn't, The re- he knew he had messed up teeth. And never had him, did not want to tinker with them. For that very reason. Because his voice, yeah. exactly. All right, we'll go next to John. Hey, John. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> All right, John, you're ready to play, right? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. All right. Preston, which Pink Floyd album became the first rock album to be played in space? Oh, uh, Dark Side of the Moon. All right, John. uh, uh, Preston says Dark Side of the Moon. Do you agree or disagree? I have to agree. He is wrong. That's, that's, that? that's what I would think, but it was the delicate sound of thunder played in 1989 what? aboard the Mir space station. Wow. Sorry, John. Thanks anyway, man. Well, I would have thought that would have made perfect right? sense. But, yeah, that's that, I almost it was criminal, a, right? Off-ball there. All you right. have a space-sounding song. Yeah. We'll go to uh, Chuck next. Hey, Chuck. Uh, you guys rock. Thanks, oh! Playing the rock trivia game. Steve's got a question. Here we go. All right, Preston. What was the name of the airplane... That Buddy Holly died in. The name of the air. Are you talking about like the the, the actual? It was the named. model. It, it actually oh, had, it a, had name a name on, on it. Uh, it was named uh, Bisquick. 
bisquick is what Preston says, Chuck. <laughs> Do you agree or disagree knowing what a pancake fan Buddy Holly was? <laughs> I, I want to agree because that would sound cool, but I'm going to disagree. I don't Okay. Think you know, I, I didn't even know this, but this is uh, apparently a fun fact according to your rock trivia game that no one plays with you, Preston. Yeah. American Pie. No way. Wow. Yes. Hence the Don McLean song. Yeah. Bye-bye, American Pie. Yeah. All right, Chuck's a winner then. Bye-bye. It wasn't Biscuit. You made this song entitled Biscuit. <laughs> It'd be great. A long, long time ago, <laughs> we all sat down to pancakes and we mourned the death of Buddy Holly. <laughs> it would have been, it had a completely different tone. Still sentimental. No, and, yeah. and yes, but also a good commercial for Biscuit. Yeah. yeah. All right, Case, what do we have for Chuck? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you got a case of Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Whether you're enjoying the game, having dinner, or hosting your next big event, check out Blackjack's American Pub and Grill in Burrsboro and enjoy a cold new Belgium voodoo draft. All right. We will go next to Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, Ryan. We're getting ready to play. Here we go. Yeah! All right. Next question. All right, Preston. Quick and to the point here, and we were just talking about them. How many studio albums did Nirvana release? Hmm, studio albums. Okay, so I want to say it was three. I think you had Bleach, you had Nirvana, you had In Utero, and that's, uh, there was, I mean, there was an Unplugged album, but I don't remember. Exact, I'm going to say three. Yeah, the question is studio albums. So, Ryan, uh, Preston says three. Do you agree or disagree? I'm going to disagree. You should have gone with Preston. Ah! Oh, three, three is right. Got it. Sorry, Ryan. See you later, man. Uh, we will go next to Rocco. Hey there, Rocco. Hey, Rocco. Rocco. Right, Rocco, buddy. All right, rock trivia game. Steve. All right, then no one will play with you. Yeah, um, <laughs> what 90s alternative rock band, Preston, was famed for playing the bass guitar and the git bass? The bass guitar and the, the git, git bass? bass? I assume that's their own Say name. it one more time, please. What 90s alternative rock band was famed for playing a bass guitar and a git bass? I, you know what? I'm going to say uh, the presidents of the United States of America. Rocco, he says... I'm going to disagree. Okay. You should have agreed. Oh! Oh! Wow. I told you guys that the guitar player, Chris, only had three strings on his and guitar. And that's what it was called. And I did yeah. not know that, but yeah. I just by deductive reasoning... Wow. Yeah, like Sherlock Holmes. I got it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go next to Sean. Hey, Sean. Hey, how you doing? Awesome, Sean. All right, let's play the game. All right, Preston, what 90s band again demanded someone to shove? Soul Asylum. Preston says Soul Asylum. Sean, do you agree or disagree? I agree. Good. Nice. All right, what we got for him, Case? John, we have a four-pack of tickets for the Phillies-Pirates game. It's on Sunday at 105. It's Fan Appreciation Day. All fans get a 2022 schedule magnet. You can get tickets at phillies.com. By the way, that's a great song. It is a great song, yeah. It's one of my favorite from Soul Asylum. All right, we will go next to Pat. Hey, Pat, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, dude. All right, so we're playing the game. Here we go. All right, here we go. What R.E.M. song Preston released in 1981 got its name from anti-communist broadcasters for Eastern Europe? Uh, Radio Free Europe. Preston says Radio Free Europe, Pat. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. Good. Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
How about that? All right, guys. What are we going to give him? We got a four-pack of tickets for the Phillies Pirates game on Sunday at 105. Fan Appreciation Day. All fans get a 2022 scheduled magnet. Tickets are available at phillies.com. One more? One more. Last one. All, All right. right. We will go to, I believe it is uh, Jill that is going to play the game. Yay! All right. How are you? Good morning, Jill. You ready to play? I'm ready. All right. All right. I'll do what I can. Here we go. I'm going to try to hook you up with something that might be a little... All right. Preston, what legendary heavy metal band originally went by the name Earth, but then changed it to the name of a Boris Karloff movie? They went by the name Earth, man. Oh, um, Black Sabbath. Preston says Black Sabbath, Jill. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. He's right! Ah! All right, Jill, hang on. Here's what we got for you. And you got a four-pack of tickets for the Phillies-Pirates game on Sunday at 105. Fan Appreciation Day. All fans get a 2022 scheduled magnet, and you can get tickets at Phillies.com. All right, thank you guys. I love playing this game. Steve, thank you for putting the questions together. No problem. rock trivia game that no one would play with him. And on this 30th anniversary, <laughs> never mind, mind nonetheless. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We got to the the. We're going to get to the beat file. We got to give away some money with the money clip and a little information on the camp out for hunger coming up too. Yeah, we'll be right back with that. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at wmmr.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. 93.3 WMMR presents Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your money clip seven times a day. Weekdays at 8, 10, and noon, as well as 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 10000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's Money Clips from who else? 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wallet. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Watch out. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for an MMR Money Clip. Now, here's your money clip keyword. All right, and the keyword for you is love, L-O-V-E. And you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. There are three ways to do it. All right, you can enter the word love to our special contest short code number, which is 45911. Mm. But if you'd like to be entered for the $10,000 grand prize, then enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. 
And that person will get a call from Beasley. So make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WNMR.com. And it's sponsored by Horizon Services. Once again, the clip word is love. L-O-V-E. Good luck to you. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Brought to you this morning by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use code ROCK to get in on the action. All right, this has to be our lead story today. (laughs) Turns out that humans aren't the only ones who get down and dirty for sexual pleasure. A pair of frisky gorillas at the Bronx Zoo proved that when one was was filmed performing... Oral sex on its partner yeah. in front of a bunch of zoo goers. Oh, yeah. A clip and of the not safe for work scene is currently blowing up on social media. But animal experts report that it's all completely normal. Uh, the resulting footage shows the uh, giving simian servicing his partner while they're splayed out on the ground as onlookers guffaw and turn their children away. You, you can... Hear people going like calling their kids' names, like Lucy, turn, yeah. come here, over here, yeah, stop, right. don't look over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right, but the there's... parents are not turning away, and people have their cell phones up. Okay, so the one thing I couldn't figure out was it was it male to female? Or yes. Was it, okay. Yes, it was a male uh, one servicing the female. Okay. Uh, and oddly enough, that gorilla is named Elvis, and we know that Elvis usually didn't do that. Uh, this <laughs> isn't the first time gorillas have been observed going uh, sextracurricular at the Bronx venue. Uh, seven years ago, a Redditor posted a raunchy pic that depicted two of the facility's animals embraced in what is co- colloquially known as the 69 position <laughs> in front of kids. It's That is wild. It really kind of, you know... You guys remember my the first time my mom told me about sex was at the zoo. Yes. Really? Yes. Because okay. it, because the, I think it was the jaguars were... Were doing it? Yeah, and they oh, were very funny. loud. It was extremely she loud. She wanted... This is how we should do it. Yeah, so, she used to say, come on, let's go to the zoo. Apparently... <laughs> Great ape fellatio may seem unorthodox, but it's not. Oral sex is actually fairly common throughout the animal kingdom with sightings of species ranging from cheetahs to bears and bats engaging in it. That's amazing, especially since gorillas have large sort of sharp canine teeth. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, many species engage in sex for pleasure. Uh, Bonobos, uh, also known as hippie apes. Have infamously kinky sex lives. That was great. According to Dr. Steven Pinkerton, a professor of psychiatry and behavioral medicine, he said, whereas uh, the chimpanzee shows little variation in the sexual act, bonobos have as if they've read the Kama Sutra, performing every position and variety one can imagine. Do they fashion sort of primitive strap-ons? No, not that I know of. I don't think they do pegging or anything (laughs) like that. Uh, Bonobos are also the only species besides gorillas and humans to have been known to adopt the missionary position during sex as well. Again, you just don't think of them doing that, but we have proof now, and they do it at the zoo. Yep, they do it. So the Kathy's family can learn about sex. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, on to other things. An Idaho bow hunter who was looking for a shortcut instead found the remains of of another hunter who had been missing for 53 years. Holy hell. Yeah. So did he opt not to take that path? Yeah. The Raymond uh, Raymond Jones was 39 years old when he was last seen on September 7th, 1968. Is Andy Griffith still on? Well, bow hunting for mountain goats in uh, central Idaho's Leamy County. 
Uh, searches oh were God. unsuccessful, and Jones's remains went unfound until Friday. Uh, when another bow hunter stumbled across them, so um, it was a skeleton with a with a bow next to it. I guess so. Yeah. The the hunter called the sheriff's office to report the discovery. He was the same age, uh, same. I'm sorry, he was in the same area where Jones had disappeared half a century ago. Geez, Nick, that could have been you at the yeah. bottom of the ravine. Yeah, thank God. Uh, sheriff's deputies found part of Jones's wallet with his identification still inside. That's amazing. For all that time, no one had traipsed through that area. Yeah, Jones's family members are still alive and have been contacted. An Associated <sighs> Press story from September 15th, 1968. This poor man never knew that uh, gorillas give oral. Uh, so the uh, the press story from uh, 1968 detailed Jones's disappearance and the subsequent search. Uh, there were some other hunters in camp, but he was by himself when he disappeared. Uh, a search was launched the day after Jones vanished, including more than 70 people in aircraft support. Efforts were temporarily, call- temporarily called off because of severe snowy weather, but later resumed after footprints were discovered on a nearby ridge. Still, the search was ultimately unsuccessful, leaving his body uncovered until uh, now. That's amazing. Uh, so it's amazing. Well, 53 years later. Uh, the pilot of a June hot air balloon crash in New Mexico that killed him and four other passengers had marijuana and cocaine in his oh, system that's at the time the, of the crash. That's usually how you prep for those flights, right? Uh, yeah. According to a report from the FAA. And they probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, the pilot, Nicholas Molesky, and four others aboard the hot air balloon died after it struck a power line, caught fire, and crashed onto a busy street in June that's horrible. this year. The incident uh, caused widespread power outage for more than 13,000 homes in the area. Uh, two-page forensics uh, toxicology report shows that he had marijuana and cocaine in his system at the time of the death. The hot air balloon crash was the deadliest in New Mexico's history. And by the way, Albuquerque is a center for hot air ballooning in the United States and hosts a nine-day event uh, every October that draws crowds of hundreds of thousands from around the world. I've gone up in a few hot air balloons, and it's something I never considered, you know. (laughs) What was the pilot up to prior to the flight? Uh, Witnesses said the hot air balloon's envelope, the part of the aircraft that appears uh, to be the balloon, separated from the basket after it hit the power lines and the envelope floated away and was found miles from the side of the crash. It was a real tragedy. Uh, let's see. Suzanne uh, Maricano, who is 74, was walking her dog, Nalu, uh, near a lake in Boca Raton last month when she took the animal off its leash so that it could play in the water. Uh, she soon spotted a shadow in the lake, which turned out to be an alligator. Uh. She says the gator, about six feet long, attacked Nalu in the water, gripping the dog in its jaws. Americano said, Americano said that uh, she fought back uh, and came Not down. on my watch. Came down on the alligator with my weight, she said. She suffered a puncture wound in the middle of her palm during the tussle and received five stitches. Nalu suffered puncture wounds on the stomach and thigh and went into surgery for two hours at an animal emergency clinic. But she saved the dog's life. That's amazing. Yeah. An irate McDonald's customer with a sugar rush stabbed a fellow fast food diner at a Manhattan eatery after a tiff over the amount of sweetener in the assailant's morning coffee. But I, 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 I'm not loving it. The 57-year-old victim was eating when the suspect complained to a security guard that his coffee was too sweet. When the diner came to the defense of the security guard, a brawl erupted between the two customers and spilled out onto the street outside where the suspect pulled a blade and stabbed the victim in the chest. At that point, he assessed the only way to civilly resolve this was with a murder. Uh, EMS took the victim to an area hospital where he was treated for a minor injury. The suspect stabber, suspected stabber, described as a bearded man with glasses carrying several tote bags, ran off and was still being sought. Police revealed, revealed surveillance images of the man in hopes 
that someone will recognize him. That's the kind of person that just was ready to go. They, they, they were ready to go. They the needed a coffee reason. set him off. And that is what we have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. All right. Uh, we're welcoming a guest to the show real quick. We're going to talk about the Camp Out for Hunger. Which, yes. My God, is going to be here in just over a month. <laughs> it's incredible. That is, yes. I mean, we had to do some scheduling Shifting around to accommodate everything, but it's still, and we've known about it for a while, but it still blows my mind. Uh, so, again, uh, we are offering up our Camp Out Business Challenge, uh, which is the largest donation from a business. Yeah. We'll receive a live broadcast from the President Steve Show. The second largest gets a live broadcast from Pierre Robert at your place of business. And third largest gets a $20,000 advertising schedule for Q1 of 2022 on MMR. And uh, we've got this partnership together. Of course, you know Subaru of America has won it the last several years. Yes. But they also want to um, show people their uh, their method of being able to raise the amount of food that they do. And so uh, our buddy had come up with a really cool idea to share that information. And we've got him on the line right now. You've heard him on the air many times with us. This is Matt Ritter. Yay! Yo, Matt. Good morning, everybody. How we doing, gang? Wonderful, man. How are you? I am great. So, hey, thanks for having me on this morning. And it is always a pleasure and an honor uh, to be with you uh, to kick off Camp Out for Hunger. And we could not be more excited to uh, to get this year kicked off and see if yet another possible record donation can happen. I mean, last year, you guys, over two and a half million pounds of food. Think, think what that does for those around the Delaware Valley. What an impact you're making with Camp Over Hunger. We can't thank you enough for that. Well, listen, obviously, we said, and we're not even saying this, you know, just to be kind. Your contribution, Subaru's contribution is is just essential. And I, th- I know we were all blown away, Matt, collectively by how everyone, you know, listen, it was... It, it, you know, this stuff is still going on, but at that point, we were in the thick of it, of of the pandemic and all of the, a lot of the restrictions, and yet still, it it did that, and people stepped up, and with the shift a few weeks earlier, you know, that actually has me nervous because you know people get into a ritual and they just assume, okay, it's going to be at this time, and we're trying to get the word out, but we're we're calling on everybody. That's why this this um this tutelage that you provide other companies on how to participate and perhaps win those incentives is more important now than ever. Well, yeah, no, Steve, thanks a lot. And I'll, I'll tell you, so as you're alluding to, the video that people can click on, be live on your website today, and they can click on that video to see just exactly how it's done, how businesses, big and small, can partner with our good friends at Phil Abundance to make an, a greater impact at Camp Out for Hunger. And you're exactly right. You know, last year we really weren't sure what was going to happen, especially when it was needed the most. And I want to give a shout out. The corporations, again, big and small companies like small businesses, attorneys firms, you name it. I've heard from so many different people who say, you know what, we're going to make a bigger impact in Camp Out this year because of what Subaru has done over the past over 15 years. Right. And that's really great to hear from everybody. That's what we want. We like more and more companies getting involved. doesn't matter your size. Every donation makes a huge impact. And quite frankly, you've heard me say this before to you guys in different meetings, nothing would make me happier than for someone to beat us for the largest donation in terms of weight. Because that means one thing. That means really great things are happening for the greater Delaware Valley to help those who are food insecure. And that's what this is all about. We, I mean, Phil Abundance is providing for 180,000 families a week, yeah. everybody, each week. And, of course, a huge percentage of those are kids. And that's the last thing we want. 
We don't want kids going hungry because when kids go to school and they're hungry, they don't learn. We've got to make sure that we end this food insecurity and hats off to the corporations throughout the Philadelphia area, the small businesses alike, and also kudos to the individual donors as well. You're making a huge difference, and it's it's fantastic. No, all that in concert is what makes it a, a success. And to the point, I mean, we were turning around, Preston, uh, you know, and everybody uh, as these companies that we had not seen before came in with em- employees and made these donations and then made the commitment to stick with it. Uh, it it's so encouraging, but it is... I mean, the number that you said, the amount of families that get fed because of this. And then I was reading, a, a, I think maybe it's the Wall Street Journal had an article about how many businesses, small businesses, have gone away never to return. And so that's more people in need of assistance. Um, so, you know, uh, we while we can celebrate last year, we've got to be serious about this year. So and you and what you did and what you want to impart is the fact that you you think, OK, I've got I have to have 55 you know, food drives in my parking lot. But the truth of the matter is there's a more targeted way to approach this, and that's what your video will show people, correct? Yeah, the video that you and Preston helped out with, you're exactly right. That is going to show everyone how to partner with Phil Abundance because they help make this really easy and can help your, your dollar stretch further in terms of overall food donations. Right. And the video describes exactly how to do that. You just go right to your website, WMMR.com, click on the donation video, and learn everything you can do. Now, beyond that, and you're right, Steve, you don't have to have a bunch of food drives in the parking lot of your business right. to make this happen. Phil Abundance will help you with all of that. But one thing you can do to engage your employees at your local business, and this is what we do here at Subaru, we do different competitions like our IT department steps up big time every year. We have them compete against marketing or the sales department or, you know, human resources, for example. Everybody gets involved to make it exciting. And then what we do is we have an employee tailgater. We pick a date just prior to camp out. And we send everybody over uh, who, who, again, wants to participate, go buy the bag of groceries, right, that you guys set up uh, through Acme and so forth. Go get those. Come down to uh, our headquarters. They donate those. We provide lunch for everybody, and, and we have games out there in the parking lot, and it's an employee tailgater all for camp out. That makes it a lot of fun for everybody. And they get to visualize the impact that they're going to be having throughout the Delaware Valley with the donations they bring in. And it can also be monetary. They don't have to go pick up the sack of groceries. They can also make it a monetary donation right. and we'll take yeah. care of it from there. Yeah. So yeah. it makes it a lot of fun and helps get everyone excited about the overall impact. I love it, man. Um, and it's it's a little bit earlier this year, so I'm glad you're getting on to help uh, get the word out. And uh, and not only uh, can you find this video that, that Matt's talking about at uh, WMMR.com, but we've got printable posters that you can use to kind of uh, drum up some excitement around the, the with your employees. Uh, and we have a list of Phil Abundance most needed items, and that stuff is included in the video as well as how to partner with Phil Abundance and make it uh, a little more streamlined and get it directly to them. And did we mention Subaru makes a damn fine vehicle, right? They do make a damn fine vehicle. This is true. Several fun. Well, we, yes. We've got a couple of cross tracks at my house. Well, we we, <laughs> we appreciate that, and you know what? We we hear that a lot from our customers. And I want to point out, you know, you, you talk about Subaru makes a, a, a damn fine vehicle, and yeah, we, we think so too. Uh, but so do others, like Kelly Blue Book. You know, we're the most trusted brand for seven years running. And but but I'll tell you, what you're getting to is is a bigger thing here. And let me tell you what Campout does. We hear, I hear from customers and also other businesses alike who say, you know what? 
I'm getting involved with Camp Out this year just because of what Subaru's been doing all these years. And we love hearing that because, again, this is what we want. We want more people involved, individuals and businesses alike, to make an impact. And, again, you know, here at Subaru, we have what's called the Subaru Love Promise, and we believe in, in having really positive interactions with everyone we interact with on every single day. But for us, it's not just Camp Out right? We do this all year long. We have our share the love garden that you've seen right here at our corporate headquarters. That generates an enormous amount of food, organic produce that we donate right to Cathedral Kitchen, which is Camden's largest emergency food provider. Mm -hmm. And then this year, I'm sure you're aware of this because you guys have been down there, the Subaru Garden for Good at Subaru Park, you know, where the Philadelphia Union play. So we made a commitment to, to spread that organic produce throughout chest the chester pa area and this year or last year alone that garden produced over a thousand pounds of organic produce that was delivered to four chester area organizations so again it's beyond camp out all these businesses and organizations that get involved with camp out you can do this all year long and find ways to get back to your community because you know what it's not just good for business but it's a darn good thing to do it's the right thing to do yeah i agree and it makes you feel good. And we love it. And we love everyone being a part of it. You guys walk the walk. Uh, we love it, Matt. Thanks a bunch for checking in. And we will talk to you very soon because it's, it's approaching, man. We appreciate it. We'll see it. you at Camp Out, guys. Thanks for yeah. having me. Matt yeah. Yeah. Subaru of America. And, yeah, the video is great. And they, like you said, they, they want you... They want to be beaten. They want. They want. They, it'll make push them even further. We still owe them. Yeah, oh my God. We still owe them a broadcast. broadcast. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens at this year's camp out. But it's coming. Uh, details: wmmr.com and info. Like I said, printable posters, a video on how you can coordinate with Phil Abundance, and a list of their most needed items and all that stuff. November first. That's when we started earlier this year. Okay. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Don't forget uh, Joe List, who's going to be Helium Comedy Club coming up. Money clips. Our buddy Andre Andre Gardner is doing his 1,000th breakfast with the Beatles this weekend. We're going to talk to him, too. That's um, all that and more still coming. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, Help You line. Hi, my name's Tom Salmon, owner of Pat's Pub at M Street near Avenue, Philadelphia. Home of the one and only Gary Lauer. You know, the guy with three testicles. We have the best chili in Philly. Our wings are to die for. Our phone number is 215-743-9509 for eat-in or fast pickup. Look us up on Facebook. Thank you, Preston Steve. MMR Rock. I love my family. Next message. Hi, this is Wendy from family-owned Dariana Bridal and Tuxedo. If you need a gorgeous wedding dress or a great tux, come see us. We're located in Warrington, Pennsylvania. Mention WMMR and get a free veil with your dress purchase and $50 off each suit or tuxedo rental. Learn more about us at DarianaBridal.com. Thank you, Preston and Steve, for supporting small businesses. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonandSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Uh, coming up a little bit later on, we're going to talk to Joe List, who's going to be at Helium Comedy Club. We also have another shot at uh, Money Clips. That is on the way at 10 a.m. Of course, uh, seven times today, your chance to win. But we're headed into the weekend. You might want to make some dinner plans, so we may as well dive into the world of food. 
with the connoisseur. It's time for the connoisseur. It's going to be great weather this weekend. It's time to get out after the barbecue. Actually, go have a meal. Yeah. But <laughs> take one of these suggestions for the connoisseur. Uh, and we're going to start with restaurant information. Uh, a hospitality company involving actor Robert De Niro will open a restaurant in Caesars Casino, Atlantic City, and renovate hotel rooms there. Is it going to have a De Niro theme to it? Well, no. It's going to be, uh, they're going to put it together with Nobu Hospitality. Ah, so Nobu. He owns Nobu. For a project to be called Nobu Hotel Atlantic City. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) He owns Nobu? Yes. De Niro's one of the owners of Nobu. At least that's my understanding. Yeah. And so, they would they wouldn't make a move without contacting me. Is Nobu the place you went to in L.A. that you asked Rob? Yeah, to get you reservations for yeah Malibu and uh, probably the most expensive meal I've ever bought, but uh, well worth it. And um, well, I don't know if it's well worth it, but it was <laughs> worth it. It was a really good meal. I love sushi, and it was the best sushi I've ever had. May I pry and ask how much you spent for dinner for two? Well north of sixty dollars, Preston. Uh, sick son of a bitch. <laughs> how much did your basement cost? Uh, <laughs> thanks, Bill. Uh, <laughs> Bill Weston likes to ask inappropriate questions about money, and that's what Kathy was referencing. Me. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the development, including a Nobu <laughs> restaurant, is part of a $400 million investment that Caesars Entertainment is making in Atlantic City over the next three years. Uh, it will also include the rebranding of several floors of hotel rooms in Caesars as the Nobu Hotel, so it'll be with. Is this the first Nobu Hotel? Because it's just been the restaurants. I'm not sure. Yeah, as far as I know, it's just the restaurant. So Nobu was founded by Chef Nobu Matsuhisa. Right. Uh, also, Robert De Niro and film producer Mir Tepper. Uh, so the company is doing similar projects in New Orleans and Las Vegas. Okay. So Atlantic City. There's going to be a Nobu Hotel. Uh, attachment to Caesars, and of course, it'll come with the Nobu restaurant. That was right across from the Boo Boo Hotel, which is the Yogi Bear Complex. Boo Boo. Yeah. We're staying at the Boo Boo. No, across from Nobu. Uh, so that should be pretty interesting. Now, I, what I don't have is a time frame on this uh, in the article that tomorrow. I read. So we'll have to, it'll be up and running by tomorrow. Make your weekend reservations. I I, I must admit, I uh, you've heard Nobu mentioned so many times. I, I would like to at least try it once. Yeah. Uh, is it strictly sushi, Nick? Or can, no, no, no. Can no. you get a good. Uh, Corn dog. Uh, you could probably get the <laughs> you could probably get the salmon that you love, Steve. And listen, it's just it's a really nice restaurant in a gorgeous location. It's right on the beach in Malibu. It's uh, you know is it overinflated and and kind of trendy and yeah. silly in some respects? Absolutely, but it was a great meal and a really nice night out. And and isn't it a lot of who you might see I mean, there? Yeah, like uh, uh, who's a whole bunch of famous people walk past us, and it's you just Weird Al. Weird you know, Al was there and Usher. So let me ask you a question: When it comes to those really fancy places, a place like Nobu. Right. Um, and so you know how when uh, somebody works at a restaurant as a waiter, yes. uh, their hourly wage is nominal, right? Depending. De- so that's what I wanted to ask. So when yeah, you go to a yeah. place like Nobu, where you're paying out the ass, and it's clearly not the cost You have of, to move the banana first. You have to move the banana first. <laughs> um, and, you know, clearly, you know, the, the um, upcharge uh, on the food is... So are, are they paying those? That's a good question. I bet they're salaried employees. I mean, because they are the best of the best. We you know, we had incredible service from beginning to end. So yeah. I, I bet you their service, uh, their servers are salaried, and they get tips on top so of it. So I've actually known a few, um, like, of uh, top 
waiters in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they actually get poached by other restaurants because that experience. Oh, yeah. You the know? great waiter is a part of right. a great experience. It's the great experience. Yeah. So if there probably is a, 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 a Server, initial, I should say. like a cash salary that's, that's worth it. But when you are a waiter delivering great service at a Nobu and De Niro or somebody's at your table, right? You know, you're looking at probably some great tip potential. Casey, when we were at um, my son's birthday party at Gordon Ramsay, we had outstanding service. Dennis, uh, yeah, and and so I got to believe those people get paid. They have to. Uh, that, that if you want to keep them, right? Right. Which, by the way, and, and that's I think that's part of why it is so expensive. Uh, at some restaurants because, you know, you look at, at, at a steak, you know, that's $60, $70, you know. It's, Corn dogs it's, are cheaper. It's not just the meat. It's, yeah. There's there's more that goes to it. I remember like a good, um, I don't know, 20 years ago or so where like the idea of going out and paying for a $100 meal was just outrageously astronomical but now it's quite a family of five yeah it's very common yeah. to go out and spend more than that you can easily pick which ones won't eat and that's a way could, to keep the money I down could do yeah. that uh but anyhow nobu coming to ac right? wow yep um and by the way there are four other nobu hotels somebody texted okay. sorry mr music guy hit it again <laughs> we got another story uh, this one has a little local flavor. By local, I mean right in this very room. Uh, Chef Eli Culp is apparently starting a podcast or has started a podcast called Delicious City. Delicious City. Delicious. And the cast of characters include WMMR's Marissa McNaught. Oh! Yeah, we knew about this. It's cool. True. Uh, and freelance journalist Sarah Milano, uh, Milano, is that how you're saying her name, uh, Marissa? Yeah, it's like the cookie. Milano. All right, Milano. Uh, Delicious Cities Approach, and this is an article I read, is an audio food blog like being in a room with other people. And the idea is to entertain and inform at the same time. Uh, the episodes are 30 to 45, uh, 35 to 40 minutes, although the premiere will be day before yesterday. Subsequent So episodes, make sure you don't miss it. We'll begin October 4th and run every two Mondays on Apple, Spotify, and other services. I saw an Instagram post of you with your uh, cast there. Uh, it looks like you, you all get along famously. Yeah, we um, had done just a pilot episode, and we all looked around the room. We're like, wow, this this works. There you go. So according to this article, Culp is a James Beard Award finalist, by the way, which is huge, and yeah. co-owner of High Street Hospitality Group, which uh, runs Fork, uh, High Street, and some other restaurants. Uh, and he found Milano, uh, an Inquirer contributor, through her work and uh, said that he noticed a lot of chemistry between them. Magnata, who produces WMMR's Preston and Steve Morning Show. Is that us? Won her spot by responding to Culp's Instagram solicitation for someone audacious and irreverent. That's her. Culp said she was like, me, 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 me. So did you say that? She's a singer. <laughs> Me, 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 And he said Magnata, or the, the article said Magnata, who loves lives to eat, brings what she calls an every Jane spin to the show. Uh, every Jane spin. Culp said, I didn't want another culinary professional or food journalist in the studio. And she will approach dining out from a customer standpoint. 
Uh, the show will include a call-in line, much like the Preston and Steve Show's Love You, Hate You line, for listeners to call in and rant about restaurant jobs and rave about restaurants. I didn't know you were stealing one of our segments, I, Marissa. I had Klein. no idea that you were doing it's, that it's when you asked. Michael Klein mm-hmm. <laughs> did it that way. No, it sounds quite... Sounds familiar, doesn't well, it? Well, here's what I will yeah. say. I had nothing to do with creating this podcast. I literally, Eli had, um, oh my God, I was so excited for you guys to talk about this. And now it just They're also doing no, no. six jars of tarts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and then the bizarro menu. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eli literally had just posted something that said, you know, does anybody like to talk about food? And that's when I was like, me, me, me. It's literally all I do all the time. No, it's great. And and honestly, that's, uh, it's it's right in your wheelhouse and it's cool. And they, they all seem cool. So, and you, what are you doing in an episode? a week? Uh, Two a month. All right. Two a month. No, I literally, Preston, you reading this article is like, now I know what it feels like when a listener has their name set on the air. Like, that's how excited I am about this thing. And to be part of the connoisseur, like, I I responded to something Michael Klein wrote. I said, if we can turn the Preston and Steve show into a five-hour connoisseur every day of the Uh, week, then I do not need to do this podcast. (laughs) But until then, you know, that's literally what this is. Just literally get to go eat out in the city and talk about it. Well, you can bring that information here, too. We can can experience vicarious through your uh, your living. Already in the first episode, I mentioned you guys like four times. Uh, <laughs> you stink. Other segments will be the best thing we ate and restaurant news. Uh, a comedy segment called Street Beats, Ooh. recorded as a person on the street news report, will feature comedians, correspondents, uh, Alejandro Morales and Betty Smithsonian. No Gary Lauer? No Gary Lauer. Uh, not that I know of. When are you going to get a good meal? Uh, Culp said that although Delicious City will be focused on Philadelphia, uh, he would like to expand to other cities. So Michael Klein wrote this. Okay, cool. Yeah, can I ask you something? You like what lesbians do with Daisy Chain? Oh, my God. <laughs> what does this have to do with oh, food? Oh, they should get him Well, there's, there's eating. There's <laughs> edible flowers and do, there's eating. You go out and... a lot to eat in uh, Philadelphia? Yeah. yeah. How do you like it when lesbians do with Daisy Chain? Oh, Kathy, uh, the, the place we recorded at, the, the microphones are so sensitive, I, I would die if he was on. <laughs> all, oh, like, oh, like, oh, all the noises. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's a little after dinner, man. All right, so the first one's out, Marissa? The first one is out. You can just look up uh, Delicious City Philly on Spotify or, Pod- or Apple or wherever the hell you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Massapod. Yeah. Wherever you yeah. listen to the Preston and Steve yeah. podcast and the Bizarre File podcast, which goes out every day, is where you can find this and podcast. And she also does the, 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 video, uh, the, the video game stuff, right? The, uh, yeah. East, oh, East, F- right? FTW Philly. Right. Which is up for uh, an, an Oscar. An, local an Emmy. Emmy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tomorrow. Marissa is that tomorrow? Alright, what else? Who in a shaker? Yep. And in the connoisseur, this is like a dream come true. Yay! Alright, well, I do have some other things to get to. We're gonna start with this. Uh modern farming methods mean more and more supermarket chicken meat has white stripes, which are actually pockets of fat running do, through it. Do, 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 yeah. Do, do, uh in do. fact, the vast majority or ninety-nine percent of all store brand chickens. This one goes on to all the chickens. All the store brand chickens. organic farming methods. Uh, bought, uh, sold in major U.S. supermarkets is impacted by muscle fatty deposits called white striping. And apparently, uh, according to findings released on Monday, this is by the Humane League. <laughs> Don't you want some chicken? Hey! Yeah. Don't you want some chicken? All right, some humane... Uh, that was humane. 
That was humane. The report analyzed meat cases at major supermarkets across 29 U.S. states with white striping disease found in all but 1% of the chicken inventory. Wait, wait, it was found in all but 1%? That's what this is. Now, listen, there's something that refutes that at the end of this before you freak out. But, I mean, I've known about that strip. Like, I look at that when I go uh, to get chicken. That's an indication that they've used antibiotics and steroids and things like that. Let me ask you, does... Would that in any way lead to what is classically referred to as a rubbery chicken? Because I got a rotisserie chicken the other day, and I could not eat this thing. No, it's it, what it, it is is that that it's they're not pasture fed animals. And that, at least that's my understanding. Mm, look at you know so much about this. <laughs> you're giving me a boner. <laughs> boner alert. Am I really? I love chickens, and I, I love when chicks talk about chickens. All right. Boner alert. I love when chicks talk about chickens. The best. Uh, so, uh, Kathy, um, this is according to the Animal Welfare Group, uh, who put this at the Humane League. Uh, moderate to severe white striping was found in 70% of chicken packages that researchers analyzed, and all 16 major grocery chains surveyed had white striping disease present in their in store brand chicken breast packages. These tears I cry aren't tears for chickens. Uh, They're only to hide my guilt and shame. (laughs) Although the non-profit group views its findings as an illustration of chicken being raised with little concern for their welfare, Uh uh, the affliction also can curtail the nutritional value of poultry when consumed by humans. I don't think it's anything dangerous, no. uh, Kath. But uh, they're, they're, uh, they're free range, uh, so they're out in the middle of the range when they throw hanger days at them. <laughs> so broiler chickens raised for meat are bred to gain weight rapidly, reducing the amount of food and water needed before slaughter. Still, factory-farmed chickens grow so quickly that the birds frequently can't hold up their own yeah, body that's, weight. That's, that's what that line is. With and, muscle and, yeah. replaced by fibrous tissue and fat. Yeah. I think that's listen. That's yeah. That's yeah. disturbing. So I, I again, I've 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 reduced the actual chicken in my life. Um, you know, for chicken substitutes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, this it's good to know this. So would you see this, Kathy? After the chicken is prepared, would you be able to notice these no, striations? No, you see it when when uh, it's raw. When it's raw okay. in the grocery store, you can see. I mean, you can clearly see it. The Humane League report was dismissed. <laughs> As unscientific by the National Chicken Council. It's poppy cock-a-doodle-doo. Uh, so apparently the, the National Chicken Council, yeah, they meet, uh, uh, they meet monthly, so. Uh, it is, uh, they said that uh, they liken. Members of the Chicken Council. Uh, they likened the white striping as similar to marbling in red meat. They said uh, white striping is not a disease. It is a quality factor in chicken breast meat caused yeah. by deposits of fat in the muscle during the bird's growth and development. Yeah, it, so it is, it, it's quality. It's like, a, you know, a good piece of, of red meat you talk about. It's the same. It's similar in chicken. That's the, what it is. If you have that, that white stripe, it's indicated that um, the birds were not raised, uh, you know, as they should. And it'll affect the uh, taste of the chicken. Well, quick but question. Is, in, is marbling in steak is a good thing, that's right? That's a real good mm-hmm. thing. So, but yeah. marbling in chicken is not. Correct. My head is spinning. Well... I don't know about... You don't know that, do you? I have no idea if it affects the taste or not. So we're talking about two different things here. We're talking about taste. 
We're talking about uh, welfare of the animal. Right, if they um, can't find work. And we're also talking about nutritional value. So those are three different things. So it's the quality of the meat. I think they all kind of run it's into each other. Actually, Quality, just, cut, and clarity, right? I actually <laughs> just talked to... No, that's for... Not, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I actually just talked to the vice president of um, a large restaurant group, uh, restaurant chain, and we talked specifically about this. And he said at um, specific restaurants where you're going to get... Um, not as great tasting. He, we were talking specifically about chicken. He said that's where you'll find places that have that will will buy. You know, with this, don't care okay. about the. So the hold on. So it's the opposite of steak, then. Yes. Right. Correct. Okay, so we were saying, saying, all right. Yeah. yeah. That's, we were saying, I, I said, sure. like with steak, the, the, that the you know and the yeah. aging process, Marley. that's all part of it. Right. Like that makes a good steak. You've forever said that it is the the the, the fat within the, the uh, cut of meat that will give it its flavor. Correct. Yes. yes. Uh, so I guess in poultry, it's a bit of a different story. Right. Okay. It's a chicken story. <laughs> um. So only three to six percent of birds in commercial flocks have severe cases of white striping, and most of the time, severely. White striped chicken meat is used in further processed products and not sold in retail as boneless, skinless breast, the council spokesperson said. So so you've got conflicting reports here. you got the chicken council Somebody's saying lying. one thing. you got the humane lee saying a different thing. Um, so anyhow, white striping is something I was not familiar no, with. No, no. But uh, they are kind of throwing that out there. All right, what else? Got we have time for another one? We better. Eh. No? Not really. All right, well, this, Damn it. this is super quick. Okay. Uh, today is National Pancake Day. Yay! Well, it's one of the uh, National Pancake Days. Uh, so uh, there's another one that happens in February, and I think that's the one when we met our own pancake. We did. Technically, it's this Sunday is Pancake Day. All right. But this is our only oh, time Oh, you're to right. Talk you're right. It. it is this Sunday. Do I need to wrap it up right now? No. Did you hear me say something? No. What did you say? Oh, well, I, yeah. I thought you did. I'm sorry. I said Bisquick. Oh. Yeah. I thought you said Be Quick. Be Quick. Yeah. That's what I thought you said. I said... Be quick. Yes, it was a bit quick. <laughs> hey, you um, with this pancake talk, be quick. So the holiday did not start off with the intention of it being National Pancake Day. It was invented by Marianne Ways and Colleen uh, Venable. They started this day, and the intention was for it to be called Lumberjack Day. Uh-huh. And they came up with that concept because they had just participated in Talk Like a Pirate Day, mm-hmm. and they were looking for an excuse to do something a little bit different. And since... They had so much fun with Talk Like a Pirate Day, they thought it would be equally fun to dress up like lumberjacks and eat pancakes all day. However, (laughs) as the day went along, they realized that while the novelty of pretending to be a lumberjack quickly wore off, the pleasure of eating pancakes all day came to the forefront, and therefore, they flipped it from Lumberjack Day to National Pancake Day. With all due respect, these chicks need to get laid. I love pancakes, and yet I don't... um, I rarely put ever eat them. I don't yeah. eat them without syrup. I don't eat them in the correct way. I'm an abomination when it comes to the way I manage my pancake intake. I don't how I don't understand how pancakes and waffle mix are the same thing, and because they completely they toast different design. They toast totally. Is what they I was toast totally different. I was going to say that by accident, but they taste totally. They different. toast totally different. Um, uh, well, it's just the preparation. Yeah, it's, it's the process. So there, there is more. Uh, that you know that that um, um, that texture, it's firmer because mm-hmm. of the way that uh, the griddle cooks it. I the, also the, think uh, the the the, um, the waffle iron. There are more more well done edges, obviously, in a waffle than there yeah. would be in a pancake. Yeah, right. it's cooked more well done, right? As opposed to you know medium rare, which is what your pancakes are. Speaking of the waffle iron, um, 
buddy sent me a uh, thing the other day of somebody. Buddy? What's that? My buddy. Oh, okay. Oh, my <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Um, hey, buddy. My buddy and me like to climb up a tree. He did. And Thank so anyway, it was a picture of somebody cooking Scrapple in a waffle iron. Ooh. It looked mm. amazing. And you like your Scrapple really well done. I do. I do. So that's what you ought to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like making a smash burger, to yeah. be honest, with Scrapple uh, material. Marissa, you got something to say? Well, Casey, I thought you were going to say the video that's going around of people putting croissants in a waffle maker. Hmm. And so it's turning a, like, a croissant into a waffle. I don't oh. like that. No? No. I think the classic... croissant, a croissant has already been baked. It's already yeah. been made. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But like instead of warming it up in the oven... You smash it, it into smash oblivion it? Yeah. and I don't know. I'd, I'd have to try it, I guess, before I could... Uh, it seems a little odd to me. I love croissants. Have you had one? No, I just watched the Instagram video and it looked <laughs> okay. really good. And they <laughs> you know, look good. It was also like not the fluffy ones, but the ones that are a little more doughy. Okay. I, there used to be a, pan, a a croissant place, a restaurant on Main Street, Maniunk, and they had a, a sweet a, a side of the menu and a savory side of the menu. Mm. Man, that stuff was good. Traditional was, pan, uh, croissants. Was it a croissant or a crescent roll? No, it was a croissant. Okay. Was it a crescent wrench? Maybe it was a crescent yeah. wrench. Huh. Uh, anyhow, the top types of pancakes, according to this article, are uh, vanilla cinnamon pancakes. That sounds good. Pancakes with butter and maple syrup. I got to believe that those are probably... The standard. That's, you know... That's pancakes regular. Yeah. Uh, pancakes with raspberries and blueberries, peanut butter pancakes, strawberry pancakes, plum and pecan pancakes, or pecan if you say it that way, uh, peach pancakes, and pear pancakes. What about chocolate chip pancakes? It's not on the list. You figured that'd be a big one, That's right? That's an easy one to yeah. make. I, I, yeah, I know tons of people who make chocolate chip pancakes. That's a good one, Steve. Don't know. All right. Well, anyway, uh, National Pancake Day on Sunday. Eat pancakes all day Yeah, until long. you pass out. Yeah, if you need. Uh, is that all we have time for? Yeah. All right. We got to wrap up the connoisseur. Uh, but thank you for joining. And there's more to come. And don't miss uh, Marissa's uh, podcast. Yes. Uh, with, uh, what, what is it? A delicious... Eats. Delicious City, Philadelphia. Delicious City, Philly. Delicious City, Philly. Yeah, I got that wrong. DCP. There's a link to it on my Instagram page. All right, excellent. Uh, why don't we take a break? Come back in a second because we are going to get Joe List on the show, who is going to be at Helium Comedy Club, and we're also going to talk to our friend Andre Gardner. It's a milestone with Breakfast of the Beals, our sister station, WMGK. We'll be back in a second. You've waited all summer. All right, you guys ready? And it's almost here. Yeah! Casino and Hotel Philadelphia presents MMRBQ. Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion. The all-day rock festival. Yeah, it's going to be good, huh? Featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, and Cheap Trick. We're going to be drinking. We're going to have a good time. Tickets to party on the lawn start at just 25 bucks, And get you general admission for the first five bands. Dirty Honey, Dorothy, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot and the Get Down. MMRBQ 2021. We're ready to rock! From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Presented by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia in the heart of South Philly. Game on. Our next guest is at Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow, and I think he and Casey just had a stepbrothers moment where they became best friends. They really yeah. did. They were uh, off camera talking or off mic talking. Uh, please welcome Joe List yeah. to the show. Uh, today, hey Joe, how you doing, man? Wow, thank you. What a nice greeting. I appreciate it. 
Our, our pleasure. It's good to have you back on. We spoke to you last year, I believe. Was it last year, Case? Yeah, so looking at our calendar, our schedule, it looked like we had uh, you on the phone um, in August of 2020. Oh, um, that makes sense. That's when my special would have come out. Yes, okay. I yeah, I did. I made a lot of phone calls, so uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank That's you uh, now. I hate myself as the special, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. And yes. There still we go. Feel that way. <laughs> you still <laughs> hate yourself. Together. No. <laughs> it's, it's getting better every day. But... Good. 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 So it's, it's hard to love yourself, you know. And then, then you then you run the risk of going the other way, which yeah. you become narcissistic. I, I I think a general mid level self loathing gets it done. Don't you think so? Yeah, well, nobody likes somebody that loves themselves. Right. You know what I mean? I want others to like me, so I feel like I have to hate myself at least a little bit because others always will. I think we, I've always loved someone who's self-deprecating, and then some people will use that as a tool to, you'll see uh, girls on Instagram and social media, well, I just don't look good today, and obviously they've had makeup done and everything, and it's like, th- that is an invitation to tell them how wonderful they look and to me that's so phony and annoying but i think there's a, there's a healthy level of you know, of knowing uh, knowing your faults and going with it do you agree with that yes absolutely i agree i mean everyone everyone's a little bit garbage you know so you got to you got to be able to recognize that exactly exactly uh so i you know there's a lot you're involved in and i'm going to go right to this because you do uh, the the joe and uh Raina, is it how is it pronounced talk movies nobody knows ron on i believe like ron on sentence Oh, okay all right uh we're big movie fans here and i had and i have to apologize unaware you were doing this i i am a fan of yours but i i did not know this is part of the deal and then on the description you're you're doing some deep dives into older films like uh i guess a big discussion has been recently about humphrey bogart and yes. uh, and whether he is in fact a good looking guy or not what did i have to find out what did you guys determine I find him to be just appalling looking, but um, there's there's one. First of all, I just found out he's five eight, which is hilarious. No, no. offense to the five eighters out no. there, but you don't think of a, a, a gruff movie star being five eight. But there's one scene in Treasure of the Sierra Madre, which is on everybody's mind these days. Yeah, that film from 1948. It's a masterpiece, though. <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. It's an incredible movie. But he's getting his hair done, and it's like swooped to a side, and like he looks like the ugliest human being. I've ever seen ever, and yet, but the, he's sexy. There was exactly there was something about his confidence, and a lot of people sort of forego movies that are in black and white or from a certain time period. And it's like it, it you know, if you haven't checked out Treasure of Sierra Madre, you haven't tra- checked out the Maltese Falcon or any of the of the great uh, yeah, the African Queen, which is in color, and that's a little bit later on. Uh, you can see why someone like that had what they used to call that that. That's something, that that star quality. And certainly, though, but you're right, he was a weird-looking dude by any measure. Yeah, he's no Brad Pitt, but I think back, I think smoking is sexy. I know it's bad and kids shouldn't smoke unless they want to be cool, but uh, it's just the way he smokes, I think, is cool. And he's always like, yeah, shut up, you see? And I think that's, I think it's hot. There's a lot. I, mean, I would... I'm attracted to him. Yeah, even though I lot. think he's gross. We don't do that. We don't punctuate <laughs> sentences with you. See, yeah, you know, uh, it doesn't happen much anymore. I love that you're attracted to him, even though you think he's gross. <laughs> yeah, you know, when there's a lot of smoking in a movie that I think is is a great homage to movies in general in Hollywood is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They're constantly oh, smoking, of course, and you have some of the sexiest men in Hollywood. So maybe, yes. maybe there's smoking's gotten a bum rap. 
Well, the problem Smoking is, you, is good. Yeah, you can't, like, it looks cool, and but and I'm a reformed smoker, but yeah, what too. you can't do is you can't smell their breath on mm. the in the movies. And that's a good point. Yeah, and so that's why it looks good. And th- But when I see that and then, like, a kissing scene right afterwards, I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's got to be terrible. That's got to be really, really bad. Especially yeah, Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> it's nasty, but I remember one time my, my wife and I, we went, to, she doesn't smoke, but we went to Paris and we uh. smoked cigarettes because when you're in Paris, you smoke cigarettes. That's what everyone does there. And then, you know, we've been together for a long time. So that night we were making out and it, you know, tasted like an exhaust pipe, but it was kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. it, was new. it was cool. So, yes, smoking is sexy if you don't do it often. Yeah. Just every once in a while, your wife has trash breath. It's kind of nice. So uh, I was in Paris for a day as well and I bought a pack of cigarettes when I was there. It's the same exact thing. The weird thing about the cigarettes that you buy in Paris is they have pictures on the packs of cigarettes of, like, lung cancer. Like, of actual Oh, they, they go that cancer. austere. Yeah, well, really? they, I, they have to. With yeah. And I believe they do the same thing in Canada. They so. don't have pictures of Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> <laughs> did yours, did your uh, pack of cigarettes, do you recall, did it have gross pictures of lung disease? Yeah, because we were laughing about, my wife was like, we should try to collect the whole set. Because some are like a deformed hand, some are like teeth falling out, some are whatever. It's a collector's like set. Cards. Yeah. yeah. You, you put them in the spokes of your bicycle. That's, yeah. that's uh, yeah. Oh, look, I have a decaying mouth. Look, <laughs> oral cancer. Uh, wow, I didn't realize that they were that austere with it over there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that word means, but they're definitely all <laughs> uh, well, well, what about other things like like rectal problems? <laughs> do, do, do they include pictures on all, all of the things that can hurt you over there? That's the really expensive pack. It's yeah. like behind glass. Uh, it's, just a, it's a rectal. That's, that's it, Joe, yeah. I wanted to go back to the movies uh, thing. So obviously you're, you're a huge fan. And um, a lot of people in comedy, in yeah. stand-up comedy... Uh, make that segue into acting, and you know that can be kind of like the prize. You yeah, know, you get up there and you start. All of a sudden, you you're you're making films. You've you've taken your career to another level and can still do stand up as well. Does that hold any appeal to you at all? It does. I actually just shot an independent movie, and I play the lead. It's a movie I wrote. Oh, and I managed to get it made. It'll be out in the spring, and it's really changing my approach to movie reviews because now <laughs> now we do the podcast and I'm like yeah maybe it wasn't great but they really tried hard I right? mean it's not easy <laughs> making a movie like I feel like I have to delete the entire history of my podcast because I'm like on the record being like you know uh whoever I don't even want to say anymore yeah. who I think stinks it's because I'm nervous and then I have this image of you know, buttoning my jacket and collecting my Oscar, and everyone's <laughs> booing because like, we heard what you said about you yeah. know they're all pissed off. Well, you movie. know, like the great uh, Peter Bogdanovich started as as a film critic, and 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 but he he became a a master film director, and and uh, because he had you know he he watched all these other films from the from the great. So this independent film was this a long time in the making? Is it a script that you've had sitting around, or or is it something you were just able to facilitate because of? everything that happened over the past year and a half? No, it happened uh, over the last year and a half or so, and um, I think it's good. Everybody thinks they're making a good movie. No one's like, we're making a real piece of crap here, but um, <laughs> or maybe they are, but I, I think it'll I think it'll be good. I don't know. We'll what's, see. What's it called? What's it about? It's, um, it's, it's a slightly secretive project, which I oh, know is annoying, okay. but right. I, we don't have an official title yet, but it will 
It, I promise it'll be out, and it's a real movie. I swear to God. All right, genre. Uh, what, are, what do you what do you package? Do you put it in? I think it's a dramedy. I think it's like a. Okay. It's sort of a family. It's a lot of laughs, but it gets serious. Is too. it okay. Dear Evan Manson? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, you guessed it. It is. It's the sequel. The shot. It's like Back to the Future two and three. We shot it at the same time. <laughs> okay, and, so let, let me ask you, what's your favorite movie of all time? I know people ask me all the time. We're, we're all big movie fanatics here. What would you list as your greatest movie experience of all time? Good, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. I know it's not as an exciting answer, but it's just, I, I always watch it. I just think it's perfect. I think every single shot, note, performance is just the best. It's it the it best. is. It's so good. And it's and it's one of those movies, you can tell how good it is because I'm always frustrated when it it pops up on a channel that uh, where they're emitting some of the curses. Yeah. And it's like, it no, 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 this is not pure. This is not pure because, I mean, that's Scorsese at his finest. What did you think of The Irishman? Did you watch that? I love The Irishman. The first time I saw it, I didn't love it because I'm a human being. But then I watched it. There's things I liked. And I watched it the second time and liked it more. And then I, I sort of, because of my, my partner, Rana, I'm not my partner, that sounds weird, but my our, my podcast <laughs> co-host. Your lover. It's, it sounds like we're married. Um, <laughs> But he had some great points about the movie, and and now I've watched it like, believe it or not, like five or six times, which is about four days of my life. Yeah, and, uh, I really love it. I th- I think it's pretty great. This it's not it's not Goodfellas, but I think it's yeah. pretty great. I mean, I think there can be a distinction though between what you think is the best movie of all time and what your favorite favorite. Movie yeah. Was. yeah, I no. mean, because my favorite movie of all time is Stand by Me, but I am by no means saying that that's the greatest movie of all right. time. It's just a movie that I saw at a particular time in my life that spoke to me, that continued to speak to me. But I would never say that Stand by Me is the greatest movie of all time. Absolutely, I agree. I mean, I feel that way all the time. I mean, like I love the movie Cocktail, but it's like one of the worst <laughs> movies ever. But, it, but it's but, fun. I mean, it's fun. Bad. It, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's, and that's that can oh be the joy God. of the experience when he's doing when he's. He's doing his poetry, standing up on the bar, and he's uh-huh. like, the orgasm, the sex on the beach. It's so great. It's so horrible. It's great. And somehow, no one the, of the none of the five hundred people at this bar are like, "Hey, could you get me my drink? Yeah, I need a cocktail. <laughs> Do your job." Uh, yeah. They're all enamored yeah. by the bartender. You can you can run on that, and and again, you you'll cash in if you're enjoying the movie for what it is. And like you saying, you finally helming your own film made you appreciate what other film uh, people are going through, you know. And then you're then you're you're I think inclined to give hey. I'll give him a couple points for this. This is pretty good, and that's why you know, like the uh, we'll 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 you know report on the Rotten Tomatoes score. But you have to you have to realize it's such a subjective experience. You you're gonna find you might find something in it that it may just be one scene that means everything to you in a movie, and and that's worth it. You know. Yeah, exactly. There's some amazing movies that people don't like for whatever reason. And also, sometimes I think movies nowadays get great reviews because of the subject matter, even if it's a terrible movie. Mm, yeah. It's like 100%. And you're like, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but I think reviewers, it's about, you know. Uh, Me too. You know, some Whatever. It is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So like this, it has, it's, it's a great cause. And you're like, well, sure, it's a great cause, but the movie stinks. <laughs> right. So reviews are, are off a little bit, I think, sometimes. Are there any movies that come to mind that you would absolutely be embarrassed to admit that you love? Not a cocktail is, is, a, is, a, is a good, bad movie. <laughs> it is. But one that you're like, I can't even get away with that because I have one that I would, would share All right, with well, you. we'll reveal it. Maybe to, you to can give help. you a level. Uh, you, 
Yeah, I might have to think about it for a second. Music, I have several probably, but movies, I have to think. Okay. I, I am a bit of a movie snob, so most movies that I love are well-received, I okay. feel like. I have well, a couple. I yeah. mean, the ones that I enjoy. Preston, give give yours, and I'll go into a few of mine. And, and listen, you, you have at it, okay, yeah. because right. this is really embarrassing. Yeah, go ahead. But for some reason, <laughs> I like the movie King Ralph. King Ralph oh. with John Goodman. Yeah. Hey, that could happen, by the way. Now, listen, yeah. I love Shawshank Redemption. Yes, which is, and, is King Ralph in England. And, in New England, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Why do you love that movie? I don't so know. I like it. <laughs> King Ralph is it's so stupid. Yeah. But that's an example of, my God, I, I can't believe I actually even just said I it. Mine are worse than those. Yeah. From Justin to Kelly. Oh, oh Kelly my God. Kelly. That's right. Yes. yes. yes I, I love the movie Burlesque with okay. Cher and Christina Aguilera. It is so unrelentingly horrible. I just watched one that reminded me how it was a lethal weapon ripoff. Um of the 80s called Samurai Cop. Dave Matthews is a huge fan. He did a song about it. <laughs> it is so unrelentingly bad. But the, the trick is, Joe, is that they have to be, the movie had to have been made in earnest, where, you know, when you try to force a cult movie, it never works. But right. when, when it's made with the intent to make a good movie and it fails summarily, that's when it becomes the jam, like Cocktail. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, man, I'm trying to think of some examples of this. I mean, my wife and I just saw a movie in the theaters, and again, I'm nervous to crap on movies, but it was bad, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It was called 645. Have you guys seen or heard of this movie? No. no. Is it like the time of day, 645? Is it a flight number? What is it? Date? Yeah, it's it's a time, and it's like a Groundhog Day, which now is just a formula you can just take. Yeah. And it's like a horror movie Groundhog Day, and it takes place, it, it's shot in Ocean Grove on the Jersey Shore, but it's supposed to be an island. <laughs> and I, I just am shocked at how bad this movie is. I mean, you can't even believe it. We watched the whole thing, <laughs> and we hated it, but we also kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of fun because it was so surprisingly bad. It was like we were being punked. Right. So <laughs> is it? Uh, did you actually spend money on it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Spent, wow. And it's and in New York, so it's like $48 a ticket any time of day. <laughs> so, I mean, Happy Death Day is almost like Groundhog Day uh, horror I, movie, isn't I it? I enjoy that movie, though. Yeah. I think it's pretty. Did you see Happy Death Day? I didn't see that, yeah. but it looked pretty good. I like a, a good horror movie. My, my thing with horror movies is I always love them for like an hour, and then they try to explain it, and that's when it comes apart to me. They're like, it's the devil, and I'm like, oh, my God, the devil. Yeah, yeah you've, got, you've, you've got to make some concessions. Again, if you hop on board, uh, like James Wan is doing great stuff with horror these, these days, his, his, uh, his newest movie in the name, Malignant. Uh, which is one that is getting rare reviews. I, I want to see uh, the the Conjuring and all of those movies. You you can take that genre and just tilt it slightly and always find a new way to to approach it. Uh, you know, but at, at the end of the day, I'm sure it's like when people ask you about comedy: Are there hard and fast rules? If the audience is laughing, right. you know, if if they're enjoying the movie, then you you did it right. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't argue. That's it's hard to argue with comedy movies. Yeah. It's you're not making noises as much like comedy. If they're laughing, you're like, all right, you did it. Right. And uh, if they're not laughing, you didn't do it. I think Jerry Seinfeld had one of my favorite quotes. He said, comedy is the only art form where if you don't do it right, people say it's not the art form. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. that wasn't comedy. Like, uh, right. No one's ever like, no one's ever like, that's not a painting. Right. <laughs> like, that's a crappy painting, but it's a painting. Right. Yeah, it's just right. a bad painting. Hey, Joe, I wanted to bring something up to you because I, you know, I, I follow you on Twitter. I'm a fan of yours, and you you posted something on Twitter a few weeks ago, and I was like, I have to bring this up uh, because I believe you have something in common with one of our show members. Uh, you put ketchup on your hot dog. I do exclusively ketchup. Wow, nothing else. Nothing else. Can you believe putting ketchup on a hot dog is as divisive as it is? I think it's crazy. And I'm not saying, I don't know how I worded the tweet. I'm not saying ketchup is better than mustard or whatever. I just think it's insane the people that think it's crazy to put ketchup on a hot dog. Hey, I'll That's read, all I'm saying. I'll read your tweet. It says, if you think ketchup on a hot dog is weird or gross, your parents did a crap job, and I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing <laughs> crap job, and they're likely communist or fascist or racist. Wow. Some kind of ist. So grow up. <laughs> so, so wow. Joe, I don't know. I was in a mood that day. So <laughs> yeah. uh, this is Nick. Casey was referencing me. I like ketchup on my hot dog as well. What, what bothers me about it these days is, who gives a crap? If you like ketchup on your hot dog, if you like mustard on your hot dog, why is it divisive? It, it, why hey. doesn't anybody give a crap anymore about what you put on your... What you like is what you like. And if it makes you happy on your own hot dog, <laughs> it doesn't affect anybody else. If they want mustard on their hot dog, put goddamn mustard on your hot dog. Why does Wait, it matter we, anymore? Are we talking about the vaccine now? <laughs> <laughs> he got really upset about that. He just found out, he just found out yesterday that it was the favorite way... For for Jeffrey Epstein to eat his hot dog. <laughs> it's oh, just, no. It's yeah. just a stupid argument. I like it's a waste of time. I like barbecue sauce on my hot dog. Oh, well, you communist. Sure. You're fascist. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're racist. It's yeah. bizarre. No, I, I just think ketchup, uh, to me, when I grew up, ketchup was like a standard thing you would put on a hot dog. I didn't understand wow. that it was insane. It's not like I'm putting, like, you know, Diet Coke on what my were you, hot dog. You, you, were, you were Boston? Were you, is that where yeah. you, you grew up? Okay, and, and you're, sure you're saying ketchup is as common as, as mustard on a hot dog. Yes, but it's divisive there, too. Oh, it's is not it? like a Boston thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, because I remember being in the bleachers at Fenway and having, like, a 40-minute discussion that, like, went across <laughs> rows and sections and stuff. Yeah. And I was I was shocked by that then. It's an internal argument. Yeah. The, same, the same with cheesesteaks here. The, uh, you know, the, 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 the great long-standing, never-to-be-solved issue. What yeah. kind of cheese do you Whittered put in out, a cheese, right, right, cheese yeah. whiz yeah. Or, or provolone or but American? Yeah. I jokingly, uh, so I, I, I go for bike rides. I go for 30, 40, 50 mile bike rides and I had stopped for a hot dog uh, about 40 miles into a bike ride and uh, and I was like, and I thought of this funny, I thought it was a funny joke, and so I, I, I stopped and I tweeted it out. It, listen, you're not going to laugh at it, but I okay. said, um, <laughs> it was just funny the response I got, the hate the, the response that I got, because I said the only what time... Was your funny joke? It, I said the only time it's okay for you to put ketchup on a hot dog is when you've just gotten home from a long day of kindergarten. And that was the joke. It was The joke is... Only kids put ketchup right. on their hot dogs. And people were, like, so pissed off at that. And I was like, it's just a joke. Like, I, do I really care if you put ketchup on your hot dog? No. But do mm. I like to bust your chops for it? Absolutely. Okay. You know? I think that's fair. I, and I'm also known in my friend's group as Kids Menu. So, uh, the kids menu? No kidding. Yeah. I eat, That's great. I no eat like nuggets. spaghetti spaghetti and meatball, chicken nuggets, french fries, cheeseburgers. Oh, wait. That's my son. <laughs> Have you have you in, have you in fact ordered? Because sometimes, and Kathy's brought this up. Sometimes you go into a restaurant and you'll say, "Man, the, the kids' menu has some good stuff." Have you ever, as an adult, ordered off the kids' menu and, and asked them to make the accommodation? 
I haven't quite done that, but I do order a cheeseburger with just beef, cheese, and bun, and because I, I don't want lettuce or onions anywhere near it. <laughs> That's me, and, man. That's me. Yeah. 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 It's embarrassing, <laughs> but you know what can you do? I'm trying to get better. Every once in a while, I'll get salmon and, and throw it into the table when no one's looking. <laughs> I, I do feel like if you're going to order off the kids' menu, though, there has to at least be a kid at the table so you can pretend like they want it. Well, you know what I'll do sometimes is I'll go into a place. If I'm ordering, like, to go, I'll pretend it's for my son. Because yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. just make sure there's, make sure there's nothing on it because he'll freak out. He's a really he's, – he's got problems. He's got mental problems. So just extra marinara and uh, no chicken. Oh, that, yeah, that we used to talk about when in Toys R Us uh, that we were more prevalent. I, I would I would go in and, I you know, I'm a big nerd and collecting science fiction stuff and – I'd walk around and, and I'd, I'd literally have to pretend my son's looking for this thing. It's like a, I don't have kids, by the way, uh, 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 you know, and, and you, you get that because you're too embarrassed to say it's for me, you know, so I can understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big tea drinker and I'm very specific about it. I don't like to oversteep. And at Starbucks, they put two bags in there. And then sometimes they'll just sit there. So I'll say, can I get one bag in and one bag out? But I'll read it off my phone as though it's instructions from somebody. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. You're not going to come to it. By the way, I, I agree. I'm like an immediate that. tea bag in. I don't let it steep too long. I squeeze the tea bag and then I, I proceed. And, and that's the oh. way I go. I don't like it. It's too, ca- too. You're a bag squeezer. I'm a bag. I've been wow. squeezing bags ever since summer camp. Wow. No. Bag squeezer, are you? Hey, Joe, you were at uh, See Here Now last weekend? Yes, I go every year, except I mean, last year. Last year I went, there was no concert because of COVID, but I still went and walked around the beach. But yeah, we were there. It was awesome. It's a great festival, but I wish no one else would come, so it stinks. <laughs> did the you first see the, year, did we you went see... the first year, there was like 10,000 people there, wow. and then word got out, and now there's like 35,000 people. It stinks. You are um, so right. The worst part about the festival is the fact that other people are there. Like yes. any, any festival. That's, that's a very Nick, accurate observation. Nick, tell them about yeah. the tickets you were going to get. Well, Joe, I don't know what kind of tickets you you got, but um, G- general admission were uh, you know priced reasonably. There were VIP tickets, however, that were priced at like thirteen hundred dollars, and it was two oh, days. A ticket, a ticket, yeah. So yes. you get to see Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins and go both days, but you know for twenty six hundred dollars for two people to go just is is asinine. I agree. Yes, yeah. I. Um, I. It's so funny. I mean, a funny story about it. I bought the tickets. I must have got them early. I, I buy them before they announce the lineup because we just like going to the festival. So I think if you bought them early, they send you little like laminates, like these little plastic, like a like a pass. It looks like a pass, right? Like you guys are wearing. And so I got them, and I was like, "What are these passes? It doesn't it doesn't say anything on it. it just has the lineup." But I was like, "I think this is something." So my <laughs> wife and I were wearing them around, and there was a long line to get in. And I was like, "I think we might have VIP. I might have accidentally bought these." <laughs> and so I got out of line and asked a guy, and I go, hey, what are these laminates? And he goes, those are absolutely nothing. They're just for decoration. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I had to get back in the back of the line and slowly take them off and put them in my pocket. <laughs> but in my mind, I was like, maybe I spent four grand, and I don't yeah. remember. And yeah. we have the VIP. And they're like, no, you don't. Right this way to Mr. Vetter's tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you, catch no. the, uh, did you catch the Pearl Jam set? Yes, I'm a big Pearl Jam guy. It was my 45th Pearl Jam show. Wow. Wow. You and Nick. You and Nick. Nick, Nick, how many concerts for you? Uh, Around that number, Joe, maybe a little bit fewer. Have you been to any shows in Philly? Have you ever seen Pearl Jam play here? I have. Yeah, I saw them. I didn't go to the Spectrum shows, but I was at um, whatever it is now. Not for Verizon's DC. I don't want to get this wrong. Wells Fargo Center. Wells Fargo, yes. I've seen them. I saw them twice. 
and it was the 22nd because I know one of them was the I mean, I'm a big Pearl Jam nerd if we want to talk. <laughs> it was okay. the anniversary of the first show, so it was the 22nd, maybe 21st, 22nd. Well, I don't know what year, 2016 you know, maybe. Nick has the honor of having been, uh, got a, he got a shout-out from Eddie at, Vedder. He was actually at that show. At yeah, that show. Casey's going to get the audio. Yeah. Yeah. We'll but he can't hear it. That, that, the the problem is, if we play it from our board, uh, oh, he can't hear it through the, the, um, we're uh, working on that technology right, right. right now. But <laughs> hey, he's what did it tell him? Like, this goes out to Nick. This goes out to Nick, man. And this, i got to tell you something. He does a totally jerk-off move with ketchup and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was, he was talking about the station and how MMR is totally you know, supported uh, Pearl Jam and that mm-hmm. we're live rock around the, you know, there's always a live DJ here and everything. And he's, he was, he was very effusive about it. It was very cool. So Joe, he, I'll, oh, wow. I'll ask you a question, but you know, because you've been to a lot of different rock shows um, and Philly is known as, as a great rock town. Um, do you find that that happens with comedy shows as well? Like, you know, obviously you're doing the shows here this weekend and other towns that respond a little bit better to, to comedy, like uh, Philly responds really well to rock. Do they respond just as well to a comedy show? Oh, absolutely. Feel, I mean, this club, I'm not just saying this. This club is like one of my favorite clubs, and every comic is like, that's one of the best clubs. It's just a perfect room. They do such a great job here. I mean, last night, the show was amazing, and I thought it was like all fans because I did so well. Right. And then I went out after the meet and greet, and there was like four people that were fans. The rest were like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. So No, that's good. Um, they, they, they are, it, honestly, they do it right, and they have been doing it right, you know, and it's, it's a... Uh, I mean, when we first started doing the show here, there was there were no clubs. There were, it was really kind yeah. of you know limited. But now we have you know venues and and you know uh, it, it's great to have this community. And then the the, the comedians they also encourage comedians locally, um, you know, and work with them and the open mic nights and everything. So it's it's uh, they're they're feeding into the comedians of the future. So. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's great. And um, yeah, so come come to a show for the love of Pete. <laughs> for the yes. love of God. Uh, well, <laughs> love of Mike. I mean, I will say I'm I'm a really big fan of yours, Joe. Uh, your last Thanks. album, I Hate Myself, is really good. But when I discovered you was with your 2016 album, Are You Mad at Me? And I mean, I was like, there are... Uh, there are some jokes on there that just have me howling. Your, your joke about meditation and doing your stretches and everything, I just, I really love. And I'm just a fan of comedy, right? So, and and your approach to it is way different. Than, and you do a podcast with Mark Norman, you know, and, and I'm a huge fan of his as well. And so I just, uh, I'm always amazed with, um, you know, like there's different genres of music. There's different genres of comedy. And for some reason or another, your your genre, it just speaks to me. And I, and what so is I'm your genre, Joe? Um, funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. No, it, it the sounds bronze age. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a little bit old school now. Mark yeah. and, and Sam Marill and myself is just is just a lot of jokes. And, yeah, okay. and nowadays, I don't want to, you know, crap on some comic, but a lot of comics are more comfortable telling longer things and being a little more um, whatever, trying to say how they feel. But they, we're, we're just Joe. It's very joke dense. Uh, yeah, if you I come like- to the show, it's a lot of old just sex and self deprecating and um, I- you know observational stuff and stories. A lot of it's. Uh, we're going for a lot of laughs, a lot of jokes. Yeah, and that's the way I try to. And you're it. a little blue. Um, I think. Yeah, I get blue. 
<laughs> I swear too much. I really, I, last night I was like, I am saying the F word a lot. Um, but it's how I talk, but it's not dirty. It just, no. I just, it's a Boston thing. I think when we in between spaces, we throw in some F words. All right. Well, we're used to it in Philly, so you're good to go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I feel like I feel like Boston and Philly are like cousins, even though that's totally true. I hate Boston. Uh, so Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow night, two shows, both nights, seven thirty and ten p.m. And you can get the tickets for Joe List at Helium comedy.com dude have a good time it's gonna be a beautiful weekend in the city yeah thanks so much i appreciate it i'm grateful you guys had me it was a lot of fun no problem. some radio sucks this was fun <laughs> thank you we appreciate it <laughs> joe list everybody hey. all right Woo. we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back when we return we got the bait file uh we're gonna get you set for another run at 500 dollars as we have uh, the mmr money clip taking place as you know and another guest to get to too mm, stick yeah. around we'll be right back Join Marissa Magnata Monday night for a watch party at Sports and Social Inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Your game day headquarters. Win sports and social gift cards and more. Before we get to the bizarre file, uh, I want to get a couple of shard outs in before the weekend arrives. And I got this one the other day. It is from Pat Langton. Who, by the way, sent a bonus photo of uh, he sprayed, he used a pressure washer and sprayed PNS oh. uh, on oh, nice. a, uh, it looks like a, the siding of a house. I don't know if it stayed that way, <laughs> uh, but he took a picture of it and sent it to us. He said, Hey, I wanted to get a shot out to my sister Natalie and her future husband Matt for their wedding next month. Nat had me listening to you guys at a, at a younger age than I probably should have been. And Matt is such a cool guy, treats her well, and can't wait for him to join our family, he says. Uh, thanks, Ian. You guys work and have a nice flight. Uh, so that's from <laughs> Pat Langdon. Here's a shard out. Another wedding shard out. This says, hey, guys, I was hoping I could get the shardiest of shards from my fiance, Boomer. Boomer? We're getting married uh, this coming Friday, October 1st in Villanova. And I wake up well before him, and just like my coffee, I need Preston and Steve. After four years, he finally wrote in to try and give me a shard out for my birthday uh, one year. It was never read. <sighs> but no worries. We know you get a lot of these requests. But here I am trying to return the favor or close to our wedding date, on or close to our wedding date, uh, giving my man the shardiest of shards. As one of my wedding gifts would be amaze balls, and definitely one to remember and laugh back on. He truly is my best friend and absolute love of my life. I'll still love you guys regardless if this gets on the air or not. Uh, your loyal listener, and that is from uh, Valerie uh, Gados. So here is a shard to Boomer, and sorry, Boom, that I didn't get to your chart out all that time ago. Listen, you, again, you, you can only... You can only handle so many. And some fall through the cracks, so I apologize. Uh, and then here is a butt plug. Uh, it says, hey, my name is Beth. I'm an owner of Barking Mad Grooming, located in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. My father and I have been longtime listeners, frequent donors. Your blood drives. I own a small business. And uh, Hurricane Ida uh, did its damage. Our entire business was underwater. We lost almost everything, and we have to relocate, which is... Uh, which uh, anywhere we go almost certainly will need to be retrofitted to accommodate our type of service and replace oh boy. Uh, so much equipment. Uh, so they're having an event, a fundraising event, October 23rd uh, at the VFW Post, uh, uh, which is in Conshohocken. So it's uh, VFW Post uh, 1074. 
Um, and additional proceeds received from our GoFundMe at our event will go back into our community to help them rebuild as well. So I just wanted to mention that, and places and events like this can be found uh, on the community page of uh, com. So, um, excuse me, that's going to be on October 23rd at VFW Post uh, 1074. So I just wanted to Very mention nice. that. Very nice, yes. A little butt plug, if you would, please. All right, so with that out of the way, let's do the Bizarre Five. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Brought to you this morning by the Big Bang Theory. Young Sheldon joins Big Bang Theory on PHL 17 weeknights at 7 and 9.30 starting Monday. Family night every night uh, is on PHL 17. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead with this story. Kathy was in the office the other day when I said, <laughs> I have no idea how I am going to convey this story on the air, but I'll do what I can. Listen, we had gorillas giving each other oral earlier. We can handle anything. Well, Mm. watch this. Okay, so (laughs) I'll do my best to paraphrase. A 33-year-old man sought medical attention after five days of pain in his testicles. This turned out to be the latest in a long line of problems in that general area. For the last two years, he had been passing gas in his urine. Uh, He had been urinating fecal matter. Oh, my God. And he had been passing a substantial amount of urine and seminal fluid from his butt. So he had been <laughs> crapping sludge. Yeah. So, by the way, the uh, the gas out of your urine tract is called uh, pneumaturia, and urinating fecal matter is fecaluria. Uh, the other one, they don't even have a name for they it. They don't even have it's it. so rare. We don't know. They just threw their hands up. We're out. All in all, liquids, solids, and gases were not going out of the passage they traditionally emerged from. Was he crying semen? Long before the pain in his testicles prompted him to finally seek treatment. So uh, the team who published their case study in the journal Sirius found the patient had uh, to have a swollen testicle. Labs showed signs of a urinary tract infection, while a rectal exam showed signs of a problem on his rectal wall. A CT scan produced a much bigger look at the problem. Uh, The scan showed a gas-filled structure. Further tests confirmed the presence of a fistula, which is an abnormal passageway between the urethra and rectum, through which the various fluids and solids have been passing. As well as uh, repairing the fistula through surgery, the team looked for possible causes of the problem, but ruled out things such as tuberculosis, inflammatory bowel disease, rectal trauma, or penetration. So basically, he had a, a biological um, anomaly, in, in, anomaly, an yeah. intersection where everything was getting through. Yeah, it was, and they don't know how, how it, it happened. happened. Yeah. Huh. Upon so, further investigation, they found that two years prior, although this did happen around the onset of the symptoms, uh, he had been in a three-week coma. Following cocaine and PCP intoxication, during his hospital say he was fitted with what's called a Foley catheter, during which the injury was likely caused. So oh they're God. guessing it was probably that. So the patient recovered with only mildly reduced anti-grade uh, seminal issues. So did he have volume to, over several months? Did he have to put a condom in his ass? Yes, he would have to. If, if, but <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that before. That is that's, that's we've heard. Like light versions of that, but yeah. that is he had all the wrong stuff going out of the wrong areas, right? Which is just it's like wild. setting up a matchbox track. Yeah. All right, moving on to another story. A Knoxville woman is in custody after abandoning a burning vehicle, damaging a guardrail, stripping to only a mask, tail, and underwear. 
That's right. A I said a tail and assaulting officers. Huh. Officers were dispatched to a report reported wreck. They found an abandoned Pontiac Grand Prix at the intersection, and that was it was actually still in motion when they got there. The car moved off the road and hit a guardrail, and a witness had to put out a fire located on the car's door. Officers ran the registration for the vehicle. They found that it belonged to a woman named Marissa Ferrante. Later, officers were dispatched to a reported naked woman wearing a mask, ringing doorbells. I got bronchitis. Officers reportedly then located a woman walking down the road wearing only a mask, underwear, and a tail, stopping traffic at the intersection. Officers tried to approach the woman, identified as Ferrante, but she ran on foot from officers jumping a fence at a nearby house. Hi, I'm running for state senate. They followed Ferrante, who then uh, pretended to be defecating near a dog enclosure while talking to the dog in the enclosure. Well, that's how you break the ice. Come around here, Alfie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ferrante then began eating grass from the lawn. Uh, officers managed to arrest her while they attempt. Uh, she attempted to kick and punch and bite them. Look, I, I know this is against protocol, but would you like to go out for a drink? Uh, while in custody, Frontier reportedly told officers that she was, quote, called to abandon her car and go into the woods naked. Other than that, I don't have any other details. Typical the night. Or just a night. Yeah. 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 Back in bed and asleep before midnight. Yeah. Alright, here's an interesting one. One last story. A headstone missing for nearly 150 years was recently discovered in a home where it had been used to make fudge. They were using a tombstone? To make fudge? <laughs> when the matriarch of a family was moved to a nursing home, an auctioneer was hired to clean out her residence. Brad Stoker of Epic Auctions was puzzled when he turned around a granite slab to discover that it was a headstone. Friends of Lansing's historic cemeteries, a President Loretta Stanway said that no one in the family knew how or when they came to be in possession of it. The homeowners just said, we use the backside of it to make fudge. So it was... <laughs> Is this like a cold stone sort of I don't know. thing? I don't you know if you make fudge a, on a on a, a, on a slab or not. Can you use cadavers in fudge? She said we had no way to find out whether the family knew it was a legitimate monument or if they just thought it was a throwaway or something. Uh, the friends were alerted to the headstone by a former resident, Walter Anderson, who saw it in the auction. Uh, Stoker then donated it. Uh, the over five foot tall white granite monument, it's a big one, man. Yeah. Uh, belongs to the grave of Peter J. Weller. Weller settled in the Lansing area in 1845. He was the first one to struck a fudge well. And opened a combo restaurant grocery store. He died in 1849, was buried in the city's Oaks Park Cemetery. In 1875, his grave was moved to another one. Huh. And it is assumed that his headstone was lost in the transition. Where it was for most of the past 146 years is a mystery. Uh, the friends hired a genealogist and determined there were no living relatives that could be located. Uh, so next they hired cemetery per, uh, preservationist to install the monument at Weller's Greb's grave site so it made it back to him. That, that is wild? massively effed up. Yep. Not and as effed up as crapping semen, but it's in the ballpark. And that <laughs> is what I have in the bizarre file. It's 10 one 93.3 WMMR. It's time for an MMR money clip. You're listening to the Alice Cooper of Mummery, Jackie Bam Bam. Now, here's your money clip keyword. All right, got a great word for you. It's radio. Radio. Yeah, R-A-D-I-O. <laughs> and you have until 15 minutes after the hour to enter it. There are three ways to do it. Uh, you can text it to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or if you'd like to be in it for the $10,000 grand prize, we'll enter it at MMR, at the MMR, in the MMR app or at WMMR.com. One random entry 
wins $500 in this company-wide contest. And that person will get a call from our company, Beasley. So make sure that you answer your phone. Contest rules available at WMMR.com. And it is sponsored by Horizon Services. So the word again for this hour is radio. Good luck to you. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Another guest and trash and music news and all that stuff is coming up when we return. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Today is Friday. Yeah. Zero sad bro in the room, of course, as always. Uh, and still a handful of minutes left for you to enter for the 500 bucks. The word is radio, by the way, until 15 after the hour. Uh, so get on that if you want to win in the MMR money clips this morning. Um, we're going to do some, uh, we're going to do our regular segments and we have a guest we're going to welcome uh, into the studio, but... Um, we're going to give away for the lesson question today a digital download of the Shawshank Redemption. The question that I think we have to go with this morning is, uh, let's try. Gene Simmons loves it when chicks talk about what? 215-263-WMMR. Pretty easy one. Let's yes. see if you know that. Gene Simmons love it when chicks talk about what? 215-263-WMMR. Let us do the trash while you call. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Revivalist Spirits, voted USA Today's top craft gin distillery. Offers online uh, ordering, uh, offers online ordering and delivery of gin, vodka, bourbon, and pre-made cocktails to all Pennsylvania residents. Use the promo code PRESTON if you want to get 10% off your purchase. RevivalistSpirits.com. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Dancing with the Stars contestant Brian Austin Green receiving some surprise support from ex-Vanessa Marcel, who has criticized him in the past, saying he abandoned her. Marcel has wished Green well on the show, saying that if he can dance anywhere near as well as he danced out of her life, then she hopes he dies. <laughs> That doesn't sound like support, no. During closing arguments in the R. Kelly trial, Kelly's defense attorney, get this, made an insane leap comparing the singer to Martin Luther King Jr. Attorney Devereaux Kennick told the incredulous jury that Kelly is basically a modern-day Dr. King if you take away the kidnapping, the drugging, and peeing on underage girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. And finally, Kylie Jenner asked by Vogue if she's picked out a name for her baby, the future sibling of Stormy. The 24-year-old entrepreneur immediately responded, saying that she's really liking Doodle Peen. All right, let's see if somebody knows the answer to this question. Gene Simmons loves it when chicks talk about what? 215-263-WMMR, the number, and it's Cody that we go to. Hello there, Cody. What's up? Yo, bud. All right, what does Gene Simmons love it when chicks talk about? Chicken. 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 You got it. Hang on, Cody. For the correct answer, digital download of the Shawshank Redemption. You can relive extraordinary performances by Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins and experience the iconic film about the triumph of the human spirit again. It's available now for the first time on Ultra 4, 4K Ultra HD. 
Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Frolix Farm Fall Festival. Families know it's not fall without a trip to Frolix Farm Fall Festival. Frolix Farm Fall Festival? Uh, Kicking off, uh, yeah, it's fabulous. Yeah. Uh, Kicking off uh, Saturday, October 2nd with special appearance from Nick McElwain. Uh, fun for the entire family, frolicsfarm.com for information. Uh, let's begin with the band Volbeat. They will release their eighth studio album, Servant of the Mind, on December 3rd. Uh, the new album will be available in standard CD, deluxe 2LP vinyl, and deluxe digital edition. Uh, band member Michael Polson said, I wrote the whole album in three months. I was in a good place and mood while at home and had a captive audience of myself uh, there are a lot of Volbeat signatures in it. Uh, if you go back to the first record and compare it to where we are now, you can hear how the band is developed in style while keeping the signature sound. Uh, Volbeat has also released a new single called Shotgun Blues, uh, which Paulson wrote about the paranormal events that he recently experienced after moving to a, to a new home. I think there's a Wilson Pickett song called Shotgun Blues. Uh, are both about ghosts? I, I don't think yeah. so. Uh, he said, uh, every time you move into a house, you bring dead people with you. Uh, yes. Weird stuff happens when I move into a new house. It's very otherworldly, he said. Many moving companies will not transport corpses. And, right. Uh, you find that yeah. out if They're you move around there. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, anyhow, that's what he says. Radiohead has released the new video for the latest single called If You Say the Word. Uh, the song is featured on Radiohead's upcoming Kid Amnesia reissue package, uh, which is set for uh, release on November 5th. Uh, Kid Amnesia collects uh, Radiohead's fourth and fifth albums alongside the debut of a newly compiled third disc, the Kid Amnesia, uh, titled Kid Amnesia. Okay, so they're what playing the off of this. Uh, the latter, latter project is made up of unearthed material from the Kid A slash Amnesiac Sessions. I just bought the Kid A area. Uh, as it, well as previously unreleased recording of Follow Me Around. Radiohead and Epic Games, by the way, recently announced a Kid A Amnesia <laughs> exhibition. That's, that's a mouthful. Via Sony's PlayStation Showcase. So, yeah, Amnesia is spelled M-N-E-S-I-A. That's why I'm saying it like yeah. that. It's Kid A Amnesia. There you go. Kiss manager Doc McGee revealed that the upcoming Kiss biopic, Shout It Out Loud, is gaining steam. He updated fans by explaining, we have a script that's completely done. The script is about the first four years of Kiss. Basically, it's before they were famous. And I think it's a very interesting look at the formation of Kiss, the mindset of how that came about, the social pressure that everybody was under in the 60s and 70s, that brought something like Kiss to the forefront. So I it, think that's a cool idea. It could actually happen. Yeah. He wanted to say it's a very interesting, and I think it's a well-written movie, and our, partners right now, uh, our partner right now is Netflix. And I think Hugh Jackman is Gene Simmons' perfect casting. <laughs> uh, he said it'll be a theatrical release, uh, then Netflix, and I believe before Thanksgiving we'll be into casting, he said. And one last thing. I got this from our friend Ike Richmond. He said uh, that Steely Dan oh. will release Northeast Corridor, live album featuring songs recorded at the Met here in Philadelphia, huh. and it comes out today. Uh, the songs Hey 19 and Glamour Profession, both originally featured on Steely Dan's Gaucho, were recorded at the Met, Philadelphia, November 8th of 2019. And this marks the first official commercially available recordings from the Met, Philadelphia, 
since the Philadelphia Orchestra recorded also Sprach Zartorsta. Right, you know that is the 2001 theme. Mm-hmm. At the Met Philadelphia on November 24th, 1979. So yeah. that's how long it's been. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and Steely Dan gets that honor. I, yes. I, I love Steely Dan. All right, and there you go. That is your music news. And do we have any music? Yeah, you about know? 2001. Well, ooh, we could do that. But no, actually, no, there's more suitable music. <laughs> yeah, please, because I want to welcome our next guest with a musical that means something. accompaniment that notes this milestone that is taking place this weekend. So hit it, Case, if you will, please. Ladies and gentlemen, for his one thousandth breakfast with the Beatles show. Welcome from our sister station, WMGK, the one and only, the original Andre Gardner. Oh, my God. (laughs) Preston, this is insane. This is so kind of you guys to do this. I mean... I just mentioned casually to to Bill Weston, man about town, yeah. that uh, my thousand show was coming. I never had any idea it was going to amount to being on your show, dude. It's it's, nice. such, it's a huge, huge deal. So let's do the math: a thousand shows. Yep. Not one repeat. Never a repeat. No best of breakfast with the Beatles around here, bro. You've <laughs> never ta- you never had a Sunday off, whether you know, but you've never not produced a Sunday show in how long? How well, many years? First off, they haven't all aired. They but I have produced. No, we had a few tactical snafus back in the day where repeats ran us up. But I did produce uh, every single show that I do since April 2002. That's amazing. And my second day on the job <laughs> was when I met Paul McCartney for the first time. Oh my really? god! Really? It was insane. And that was one of the things that got me here. I was up in New York working on Stern and uh, ready to get out. And right. They said, "Well, uh, what will it take to get you? You know, we got an interview with Paul coming up. When do I start? Right. Two weeks. I'm here, and oh. it was my second day, and oh. I was." You can imagine it was like a it was, it was like a I was watching somebody else interview him. I left my body when I was standing there. Oh yeah, I, I well I had the I had the same fortune as you did. I had said I had a sit down interview with Paul, and what a gentleman! What a, what a just a he sweetheart! Is. He knows that you're uh, paralyzed with fear to meet him, and he goes to great lengths to break the ice. It's insane. Agreed. Andre, did did he bring up a, an interview that he had had with a young a DJ named Kenny Knight? Uh, I'm sure he did. Not at the time. Okay, all right. I'm sure that lives large. World famous though. <laughs> to to tell uh, the the quick story because Andre says you know he would do things to to break the he ice. Does. I we I did not know I was going to be interviewing him. This I just thought I was going to meet him, which was enough for me. Yeah. And his manager comes in and he goes, "Okay, who's here from WKBQ?" And I'm like, "I didn't even because our station was called Q104." I heard WKBQ just kind of went and yeah. left, and I just sat there and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's me!" I'm like, "Uh, me?" And he goes, "All right, you have ten minutes with Paul." I'm like, ten minutes for what?" He goes, "For the interview." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I had to do it over a telephone because we had no broadcast equipment. We had no recording equipment. We didn't know we were going to be doing an interview. So I literally used the phone in his dressing room. Old, you know, standard landline. And I was (laughs) passing it back and forth to him as we were live on the air. And I told him ahead of time, I go, Paul, you know, I go, I I have to apologize. This is really rudimentary. I'm going to have to do this over the phone. And he looks at me and goes, well, I'm sorry, but I just can't accept your apology. <laughs> Busted then, your job. Totally. Right? And, right. Then he, and then he goes, hey. And then he, he uh, kind of lightly punched me in the arm. Can you yeah. believe that? He was just a sweetheart. If there was anyone on the planet that I would forgive for being a total a-hole to me, I would have forgiven him if he was a jerk. Because you know? yeah. yeah. he's Paul McCartney. But he's a nice guy. So I want to put this into perspective. Yes. So you said 2002. 
Um, that's just shy of 20 years it is. Yeah. of Can't doing Breakfast with the Beatles okay. every talking single my, I was talking to my friends uh, Ben and Dave about this. We're like, when's the thousandth show? And we figured out it was September 26th, and it's this Sunday, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm going to play a lot of the interviews I've done over the years. And, of course, Ringo's going to be checking in in the 8 o'clock hour. I cannot believe wow. it. I'm shocked. I mean, the serendipity of this coming together is is insane. Well, it's wow. such a staple. It's such it's such an important thing for a lot of people to be a part of this. You know, and, and so, listen, believe it or not, there's some people who don't like the Beatles. Of course. I get it. But uh, for those who do, uh, I mean, and, and you're... you're you're the, you know, we, we revere you as the Beatles expert, and, and your your length and breadth of stuff that you've collected over the years is, is voluminous. Is there anything you're going to debut that uh, is new or maybe like a holy grail thing for this particular broadcast? That's a good question. Yeah. I have debated that because I will confess that there are things in my collection that are not bootlegged, they're not available anywhere that I could play. All right. Uh, I may be in jail on Tuesday after I play that, <laughs> but it might be worth it for the thousand show. Go out swinging. Yeah. I want to ask you this because I'm I'm a diehard fan. You are, man. Mm, you got well. your Ringo shirt on? I do. I got my, my Beatles mask, I which I wear every day. So but, nice. But um, I, I would never profess to, to have as knowledge as extensive as yours is, but let me ask you this. Yeah. To this day... Do you, from time to time, still find out things you didn't know about that band and what they did? Every single day. And that's why when someone calls me an expert, I appreciate it. But I am far from an expert. Mm. I am a Beatles lover. Mm. Yeah. There's nothing more exciting to me after 50-plus years than to learn something new. Just last week, uh, was Sheila Bromberg, who's the only woman to ever play as an outside musician on a Beatles recording. She did that beautiful harp on She's Leaving mm. Home. Uh-huh. Yes. Passed away at 92. Mm. Wonderful life. Played a snippet on the show. You know the song Boogie Nights by Heat Wave? Yeah. yeah. It starts off that... That's her. <laughs> oh, really? I never realized that until last week. And it's that kind of stuff that literally I get chills yeah. and continue to every single week that, that fuels me to play this music and this band that I love so much. Uh. It's been in my DNA since I was dancing around the kitchen in Olney at three years old. Yeah. And the fact that I got a radio show is insane. And the fact that it's a thousand is even crazy. <laughs> I think I'm getting re- worked up now. I, yeah. I love it. Sorry. As well you should. It. Andre, I think it's remarkable that a band that basically lasted less than a decade you can still find material. You can still mine from that what they were able to uh, cultivate. And what the other thing that always amazes me about the Beatles is their evolution in a very short amount of time. I mean, they were mm. they were a pop band really when they first debuted, and then they became something very different by the time the band ended. So, uh, you know, do you have an, a favorite era? Is there something that speaks to you more than others, or is it just you take the entity and, and uh, appreciate it for what it is? Well, here's the thing, Nick, and you, you touch on a really good point. It's like think about it. You you remember four years ago? That wasn't very long, right? Yeah. Four years between She Loves You and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Yeah. What other band did that in four years? Now, I love all their music, but the music that really touches me is the White Album. To me, that's the greatest album ever made, mm. bar none. It was their most separately recorded one, ironically enough. But that album speaks to me musically, recording-wise. It got me into the sound of recordings. I'm just living a dream, man, every single stinking day. I have one funny McCartney story. It's okay. a little please. long if you have time. Yeah, please. All right. I got to interview him three times, which is a blessing. The second time was in Atlantic City when he was down at Convention Hall. And Rodney had it all set up with a phone. It was going to be a phone interview right outside of the venue. So 530, you're going to get the call. 530 comes, nothing. 545, I'm like, oh, I guess it's not happening. You know, it happens, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, Jeff Baker, his publicist, and Paul Freundlich, his manager, come out and go like this. Pointing to me, like, you want to come inside? Wow. And at that same moment as you, it's like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You mean in person? What? What? Yeah. About an hour before, I was doing my show live, and these wonderful young people came up to me and said, you know, we really like you, and we just, just want to give you something to appreciate your show. So they handed me a joint. 
<laughs> well, okay, so I put it in my pocket, right? So I, I'm, I'm, so they're walking me back this myriad of security and maze backstage, and I hear Paul's sound check going on in the background. I'm sitting in this private dressing room on this L-shaped couch, and then the, uh, the, the thing ends. Paul comes walking in. His manager says, would you guys want something to drink or anything? Paul's like, yeah, can you get us a couple of waters? I'm a little dry. Mm-hmm. He walks out. There I am alone with Paul McCartney. Oh, my God. And now the question. Do I whip this joint? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Paul is... Uh, I uh, thought about it for three seconds and yeah. then wisely decided against it because I would have been thrown out immediately. Sure. That's or maybe funny. not. But I or thought about it. I would have had a hell of a story. <laughs> you know what? I, I, when it's funny that you say that you ended up in the room with him alone as well. I did too. And I'm like, oh. Right. Uh, and he breaks the ice. Yes. He broke the ice with me. He goes... Oh, what are you still up in Philly? What are you doing down here in Atlantic City? I'm going, Paul McCartney's trying to make conversation with me. I can't believe this is happening. I know. So you had the the joint. Preston had a Kia Coke with him. So (laughs) I'll bet he didn't take that because he he only briefly dabbled in Coke. I got to meet Linda too. She was was amazing. Um, So what what about Ringo and your relationship? I'm sure you've encountered him before, right? I have in in person. We had a whirlwind interview a couple of years ago down in AC. He was doing like an art show arm of his concert down there so he invited a few guests in and i got an interview with a guy and about 60 seconds afterwards he goes okay i'm done he gets up and he walks away and that's fine okay but i brought my daughter with me that day Mm -hmm. and he just focused on her he goes hey you want something over here oh you having a good time it's like he zeroed in he was so nice to her and that struck me and will live with me forever he was so nice to her a thousand shows how do you keep that radio program fresh doing that Doing it for that long, that many shows. What it, look look at look at what they've done. Mm. Look at the output. Not just the two hundred fifteen plus songs that they've recorded, but the songs they've played on. Yeah, all the solo materials, bands that are influenced them, bands that record things that sound like them. I'll play the Raspberries on my show because let's face it, they're doing the Beatles. Mm. I think uh, Paranoid Android has a little Beatles in it, if you ask me. <laughs> okay. How about, uh, did you watch the, um, sh- it's a stupid question, but uh, uh, Paul McCartney 3-2-1 with uh, Rick Rubin. Um, I did. 30 seconds in, I was bawling uncontrollably. <laughs> and that's what the Beatles do to me. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm, I'm barely holding it together now, talking about it. You, you so have emotional to for me. appreciate, because I, I love the Beatles, the music. My, my, my brother was at, of the time when he, he came home with a fresh copy of Meet the Beatles oh. and played it on a Decca record player. Uh, and, and so I, I got his Beatles boots when he passed on from yes, the, yes. You know, out of the Beatles fandom. Right. But... To me, they also had the extra added benefit of they were great on screen in comedies with A Hard Day's Night and Help with Richard Lester yep. and all of that, their capability to be like Marx Brothers-ish. Uh, that has to blow you away as well, that they were that versatile. Incredible. Yeah. Every one of them, so creative, clever, right off. The, I mean, think about what happened in New York, right? They arrive in New York. They've got an army of press people ready to chop their heads off. Mm-hmm. And what do they do within 30 seconds? They start busting their chops. Yeah, yeah. And it was unbelievable. Exactly right. They totally had them down. And that is why, as great as Pete Best was, it would not have worked with him. It just musically, mm-hmm. professionally, personality-wise, it just didn't click. He would not have been able to stand there and make those witty comments like Ringo. But the drumming special that's on uh, um, uh, Netflix, uh, Preston, yeah, we count me in. Count me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, there's a big love fest for Ringo and what Ringo brought to what, the. What's uh, that? What's that special? Uh, it's on Netflix, and it's mainly about drummers and their impact on you love music. It. Yeah, it's yeah. great. And 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 Ringo gets his due, which which. Some people uh, cast him aside as far as his contribution to the band goes. Uh, I mean, clearly, you know, the juggernauts were Paul and, and John with, with writing those songs. But the arrangement, the accompaniment 
with what Ringo provided is exactly what it needed. It didn't need more or less than that, and he gave him, and that's a reason why yeah. the songs are as great as yeah, they are. Yeah. It I'm, is a reason. Yeah. I'm so tired of people dumping on Ringo. If you yeah. listen to outtakes of session tapes, that guy never made a mistake. No, he, and he's not. during he, recording. Some, some people feel that, that you need to be a complex drummer to be a great drummer. Ringo's a musical drummer. He adds the tones. The the he adds what needs to be there for that. You can't overplay on a John and Paul record. You just can't do it yeah. because musically uh, and melodically it says what it needs to say. And Ringo added that rhythm and those little accompaniments. That yeah, your, your twelve on. minute drum solo in yeah. Yellow, Yellow Summer. Yeah, well, that's right. When, when they first met him and they were asking him to join the band, and yeah. they they were kind of testing him. They go, well, "What do you think about solo drum solos?" He goes. I hate him. I don't do him. And they're like, you're in, buddy. We love you. Uh, so this is probably a silly question. Have you been back to the motherland? Uh, have you been to Liverpool? And I have. I've been oh. to Liverpool. I've walked across uh, Abbey Road. I w- actually recorded in Abbey Road Studios Whoa. for my 40th birthday. My wife bought that for me as a what? present. The greatest oh. birthday present of all time. She hands me a folder. It says Abbey Road. I'm like, what's this? I'm like, tour? I open it up. It says, you're booked to go to Abbey Road on March 24th, 2001 for the day. Wow. Do whatever you want. So I flew over there. <laughs> And it smelled musty because it's in a basement, you know, and you walk down and I kissed the floor and we made some (laughs) stupid, silly song at the time of our lives. It was was incredible. We went to Liverpool, did Penny Lane, Strawberry Fields. I'm sure you did too, Preston. I have not done Liverpool. I have done Abbey Road, but not been in the studios, but I've done the walk and all that stuff. you got to go because there's some people so deprecating. Everybody's got a Beatles story they want to share with you. It's just Mm. just so wonderful. Of course, the the beer is always nice and cold. Right. (laughs) The the James Corden, when he got to spend some time with Paul McCartney and they did the, you know, the drive, uh, the karaoke, and, and when... James was brought to tears just by telling a story about the Beatles. And I, I think that that was a really universal feeling for people who love it because it's it's generational. You know, his father, his grandfather. And, and, I, and you know, clearly your passion uh, is evident. But it, it really, there's this deep emotional connection to the band for so many people. It is. And it's the songs. It's the people. It's just how they affected our lives that, that, that make them part of my DNA, part of my makeup. And how excited are you for the Let It Be, uh, Peter Jackson? Oh, let me tell you, Preston, I yeah. can't wait to get my hands on that. I mean, I have the whole, every single single minute of the sessions uh, on bootleg, of course, that I've right. loved and listened to over the years. We're going to get mixed, properly yeah. done songs. And if I'm lucky, like I was with Abbey Road, Sgt. Pepper, and the White Album, I'll get it before anybody else in the world and premiere it on my show. <laughs> well, if we Without to, a cease and desist. If we, need, if we need to bail you out on Tuesday, we will. Please yeah. do. Please do. I'll be yeah. checking in. All right. So it's the 1,000th Breakfast with the Beatles. A huge milestone. You're so sweet to have me on, Preston. Thank you so we much. We love you, guys. you Steve, man. I love you guys. And then, of course, what you've done for this town is just incredible. I'm so oh. proud of what you've done. I remember when they first said, I hope we're going to work out okay on MMR. I think you've worked out pretty well on MMR. <laughs> Thank you. Andre Gardner, guys. Breakfast with the Beatles, and that is coming up on the screen Sunday. <laughs> Beat that. There you go. Sunday on MGK. All right, we need to take a break and come back in just a second. Get ready to wrap up the show. We'll be right back. Our spotlights the best rock with Jackson's local shots. That's right, and this month's artist is Foxtrot and the Get Down. See him live at the MM Barbecue. Trot and the Get Down, your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. On a Friday morning, and we're getting ready to wrap the whole thing up. What a full program it has been today. There's... 
almost illegal amounts of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. We could get in trouble after today's show was so entertaining. Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. I had it a good was. time. It entertained me. Yeah. Uh, so I want to thank our guest. Uh, we had comedian Joe List on. Hey. He's a very nice guy. He is a good guy. And he says he's kind of an old school comedian. He's, yeah. He's, you, want, you want to laugh, you want jokes, go and see his show. Did you take a shower? Why is one missing? Yeah. Stuff like that. Maybe. No, not quite like that. Uh, so he'll be at Helium Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow, 7.30 and 10 p.m. shows. You can go to heliumcomedy.com to get your tickets. Uh, thank you to Matt Ritter, by the way, from yeah. Super Bowl America for coming on. Uh, mentioning the Camp Out for Hunger Business Challenge. If you need information uh, to get your company involved in the Camp Out for Hunger this year, which is early this year, by the way, starting November 1st is when it will be. Um, you can uh, print up some posters. You can list uh, get a list of Phil Abundance's most needed items. And more importantly, watch the video to show how to have your company um, get the most out of its contribution through Phil Abundance. Very generous. By the way, did you notice that uh, Matt Ritter in that Zoom conference, uh, he had shorter hair. He looked like Matt yeah. Ritter Jr. It was very, I almost said something about it, but yeah. since it's radio, I didn't really feel like bringing it up. But yeah, he was uh, it it looked like very he was... tight on the yeah. sides. I thought it looked good. Yeah, but he looks like he's 11 now. He didn't trim his knuckles, though. He didn't, know. Uh, they no. stayed the same. Still he did braided. hold his hands up at some point. Did you see that? Do you remember when uh-huh. the movie 10 came out, he cornrowed his hair knuckles? It was the trendy yeah. thing to do, and I guess he did. So, so anyhow, uh, you can go to WMMR.com and get the information on the Camp Offer Hunger. And thank you to Andre Gardner from our sister station, WMGK. He has his 1,000th breakfast with the Beatles show on Sunday. And Ringo Starr is calling in. And Andre's just a sweetheart. He's Very the, nice. He's the greatest. So it was nice to have him on. Uh, speaking of sweethearts, the one and only Pierre Robert hey. is here. Aww. How you doing, honey? Very good, honey bunny. Excellent. <laughs> You took it to another level with Honey Bunny. Munchkins. Snoopy. Uh, what shirt are you wearing? Is it uh, Lillipies? Lillipies? I don't know. Okay. It was, an, it was an on-the-run emergency shirt. It's in, it's in Princeton. That's why it stood out to me. It says uh, Lillipies. Lily. Lillipies Bakery in Princeton, it's, New Jersey. Uh, it's a beautiful bakery. Isn't it, though? I've loved it for years, and yeah. I'm thanking the, all the lilies and all the pies. Oh, wonderful. I'm sure nice. they thank you, too. Um, I know some people are waiting to get the very cool prize. In fact, our phone lines are all lit up. You want to do the letter of the day? Yes, let's do that. All right. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter... P as in perilous. All right, and let's take caller number nine... At 215-263-WMMR, you get this awesome prize. It has to do with the MMRBQ, which is upon us tomorrow already. It's amazing. Uh, and we're going to be doing, uh, while we're at the the um, um, barbecue tomorrow, um, you know, we always have uh, people doing uh, a live broadcast. It'll either be, you know, so a lot of times our, our weekenders like uh, Blake and right. and, uh, and Jason will, will come on and, and do a good, nice, chunky radio show. Well, we, the regular uh, full-time air staff, are going to be pulling shifts. Even the Preston and Steve show. Yes, we will be. Love doing that. a music shift tomorrow from 4 to 5 nice. while we're at the program, which should be pretty cool. And then I think I'm on from 5 to 6. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, that'll be really cool. It's a nice sort of a hybrid way to, you know, to, to be out there without, right. you know, we, we can't do everything exactly the way we did it last year, but we'll, we'll get there. But this year is a nice little way to kind of meet halfway. Yeah, there there aren't, um, you know, spots to stop and uh, take a ton of photos just with health precautions and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, um, 
So it's a good way of everyone being able to see us. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a bigger booth than usual on the other side of where it normally is, on the Ben Franklin side. Uh, and folks can uh, gather around that and um, and uh, we'll... Um, We'll accept donations. We will. Yeah, yeah we'll okay. pass the hat and yeah, we'll do we'll a little bit hat. of busking. Yeah. We'll do our tribute to Jerry and the pacemakers. Right. Well, Nick's going to sing a few Pearl Jam numbers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like seven or eight of them. And Kathy's going to do a Michael Bolton number that yes. she's always loved. <laughs> yeah. It's Bolton uh, time. Oh, it, it is. It's the B time. Yeah. yeah. A version of How Am I Supposed to Live Without You is exactly. just oh, it's it's, stirring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it made me cry. It gets you in the cockles. Except her version is Why Did I Ever Decide to Live With You? Right, right, yeah. Change lyrically, but same melody and everything. That's what she says to me every day. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's give this away. Yes. How about we do that? All right, I'm going to go to Michelle because she's caller nine. Hi there, Michelle. Yeah, Zooks, how Ooh, are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am wonderful. All right, Michelle, what is our word of the week? It is cheap, as in cheap trick. I want you to want me! Michelle, you get, like, the coolest hookup. We are going to give you a four-pack of front-row tickets are right behind the pit. Uh, You will have VIP access, including food and drinks for the MMRBQ tomorrow. Thank you so much. I said to the girls at work yesterday, I said... Someone said, what are you doing for the weekend? I said, I'm going to the MMR concert because I'm going to win the tickets tomorrow. I love your now I'm going to tell them I won the tickets. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. It'll be right down front. All right, hang on. We'll get your information. We will we'll wave to you from uh, the stage when okay. we come out tonight. I'll wave together. back. Excellent. All right. Uh, so, yeah, it's tomorrow. Uh, BB&T Pavilion. And, of course, it's brought to you by uh, Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. And by now, you know everyone. I'm not going to go through all this oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. You know who's there. You know what's going on. Tickets are 25 bucks. If you want to get them on the lawn, visit WMMR.com for the complete details. Uh, what you got in store for Friday today, sir? Well, we're basically going to do uh, an entire workforce block of MMRBQ bands. So we'll bounce around between uh, all kinds of cool things. I played uh, yesterday the Dorothy when she was on your show mm. singing flawless, flawlessly, I might add, you know, and for a singer to do that. Um, so we've got a couple archival specials of when some of these artists have stopped by as we've known them over the years. And that's cool. And uh, we'll get to that uh, for the MMRBQ. Uh, we'll also have some vinyl to give away Um David Osikinen's In the Pocket is also taking place tomorrow over at Ardmore Music Hall. And uh, he's just put out uh, this Philly special uh, of some of the songs all the In the Pockets have done, the In the Pocket bands have done over the years. And uh, it's a two-sided, really nicely put-together vinyl album. So we've got those to give away. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. And you got beautiful weather to spend with uh, everybody today. And beautiful weather. First full weekend of fall. Yeah. I want to thank our sponsors. The President Steve Show is brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Also brought to you by Acme, fresh foods, local flavors, and the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. You can uh, visit and experience Pennsylvania Re- Renaissance Fair at PA Ren Fair. Dot com. So uh, next week we'll be recapping the MMR. Yeah, sure. Uh, as far as guests so as guests go, as of now we have uh, the lovely Elvira Cassandra Peterson. She has that autobiography, very revealing, uh, coming out. Very much so, and uh, we'll line up some other guests and stuff to give to you in preparation for that next week. That is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great weekend. We'll see you at the MMRBQ tomorrow, gang. Bye bye.
Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-